This episode of Pot Cemetery is brought to you by Angela Feld Promotions. Angela's host to everything dark and twisted in the human soul. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And under normal circumstances, this would be graduation week on Pod Cemetery. And since there are no graduations, we are just going to do a teenagers doing things they shouldn't on Halloween. That's right. This was <laughs> not a mistake at all. <laughs> <laughs> with Night of the Demons, 1988, and guys, it's a double feature. The late night double feature, feature show. So Night of the Demons, 2009 as well. Both of which were recommended by... Diane. Diane, thank you very much. Yes, thank you, Diane. But before we get to the movies, Kelsey, how do we start the show? Horror trivia. Give me what you got. I'm going to try and make this a little bit tougher. But it might make it impossible. But I think it's pretty obvious the answer. So I'm going to not give you all the details they give you here in this question. Okay. In what movie did a mispronunciation result in an attack? <laughs> the Army of Darkness. Yes. <laughs> the whole question says, uh -huh. in what movie did mispronouncing Clautu Barada Niktu result in a deadite attack? <laughs> Right, that narrows it down to four movies. <laughs> All right, Kelsey. No good trivia in in my book about Boo. anything related to this movie. So I'm going to do something related to us. I've actually told you the answer, and I don't think you're going to remember this one. Okay. Both of these movies have an appearance by Linnea Quigley. Yes. Who famously portrayed Trash... In Return of the Living Dead. That's what, that's where you were going. I was like, I know that answer. I remember you telling me that. She's also been in two other movies that we talked about <laughs> on this show. Can you name one of them? You told me. I don't uh -huh. remember you telling me. I did, yeah. I remember you telling me that she was trash in Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, I mean, because I didn't know who she was when I saw these two movies. So I don't think I could tell you who these characters even are. But, I mean... They're both in the 80s. Actually, all four of the movies that she's been in, aside from the, the remake, obviously, all take place in the 80s. I feel like when you asked me what this movie reminded me of and I said Killer Party, you've specifically said that was wrong. So it's not that. <sighs> um. Well, I was talking about Return of the Living Dead. This movie reminds me a lot of Return of the Living Dead. Are you telling that she is in Killer Party? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a hint? And I think I also said Night of the Creeps and you said no. No. Sure. One of these two movies we could have watched today if we hadn't already covered oh, it on the show. Oh, that's right. Graduation Day. That I is correct. That. She plays Dolores on Graduation Day and Denise in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. I don't remember. Not Silent Night, Bloody Night. Right. Which is a completely different movie. 
Silent Night, Deadly Night is the one that ends up getting the sequel with the garbage day. (laughs) Little Billy witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa after being warned by his senile grandfather that Santa punishes those who are naughty. Oh, I remember this movie. Now Billy is 18 (laughs) and out of the orphanage and he has just become Santa himself. But I do get confused with Christmas Evil. Christmas Evil is the one... It's the same exact story, <laughs> but Christmas Evil is the one with the weird, like, we're sitting on the stairs, blink, now we're not. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> that's that's Christmas Evil. Silent Night, Deadly Night is the one where- Just this guy dressed as Santa kills of, his parents. Doesn't he see, doesn't he go to, like, a, a, a party and, like, dances around with everybody? Or is that Christmas Evil? And then at the end, the ki- the parents are like, get out of here. And the kids are like, don't hurt Santa. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's Silent Night, Deadly Night. Because it goes to the, to the orphanage. Yes. But I think I'm thinking of a scene in Christmas Evil. They are the same movie. Yeah. So that brings us right into our classic film in this double feature, 1988's Night of the Demons. Written by Joe Augustine, directed by Kevin Tenney, and starring Kathy Podewell, Alvin Alexis, Hal Halvins, with some alliterative names there, and Linnea Quigley. What is Night of the Demons about? A group of high school kids are partying on Halloween in a haunted house without knowing it. The composer of this film, Dennis Michael Tenney, is Kevin Tenney's brother. Figured I'd throw that in there as well. The movie is available via subscription on Prime and Shout Factory TV, and it's free on Popcorn Flicks. It's also uh, $3 to rent and $8 to buy on iTunes, Google Prime, and YouTube. Should people watch this movie? Yes. You think so? Yes. Why would you say so? It's just one of those awesome 80s gems that you've never heard of. It's and by got- the way, don't be a pretentious prick and be like, oh, I heard of it. Yeah, I had I'm never sure. heard of it, which I'm surprised about. I, I recognize that cover from going into a VHS rental store, the one near my house called In-N-Out Video, and seeing this cover. This cover I very specifically recognize, but I've never seen it. Well, it surprised me in a lot of ways. It's not like it's a spectacular film, but it is. it surprised me, and it did a lot of things that I wasn't expecting. So, And it's a lot of fun. If you like 80s slashers, you got to watch it, which is funny because it's not really an 80s slasher. It's not. But it kind of falls into the tropes of them. I'll give you that. Okay, that makes sense. Kind of like how Killer Party falls into 80s slashers, even though it's not an 80s yeah, slasher. Yeah, even though we get this snake demon thing going on. <laughs> well, you could take our advice or leave it. But when we get back, we will talk about 1988's Night of the Demons. This place was once a funeral parlor, wasn't it? What was that? <laughs> Night of the Demons. Where you going? The party's just begun. Radar. Kelsey, get us started. How does Night of the Demons begin? Well, it starts with a four-minute animated intro. What is this, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? (laughs) But it was fun. It reminded us a lot of um, Night on Bald Mountain from Fantasia. 
yeah, there's all the spirits heading from the lower right corner of the screen to the upper left corner of the screen, just like in Night at Bald Mountain. I thought it was very cute, but maybe a little long. Yes, very long. We then get to meet three teenagers out of our group of kids that we're going to be following for the evening. One is, I mean, the joke is that he's fat and a slob, okay? So when I call him the fat one, they intended for me to do so. Yeah, his He's name is dressed Stooge. as a pig for Halloween. Yes, uh-huh. An so, anarchist pig, by the way. He's a punk. This is why I was like, oh, this reminds me a lot of Return of the Living Dead. It's just punks trying to party in a haunted place or whatever, you know, in, in Return of the Living Dead, it's in a cemetery, right? And yes. now here they are. And Linnea Quigley is one of them and she gets naked and you know like it just felt like Return of Living Dead in that way and yet this was better wow that's really really incendiary <laughs> I know everybody seems to love Return of the Living Dead I did not enjoy it was it. okay I think we gave it like a 60 something it was okay but this movie does a lot of weird things that if you know if you've been listening you know I love unique shit you can have a horrible movie and I will still give you points because, hey, you did something different. Oh, yeah. I think you all know what Kelsey's getting at if you've seen this movie. <laughs> and this movie has a lot of weird shit in it and I like it. So he is drinking and driving. There is a girl sitting next to him that you might think is his girlfriend, but we never get confirmation on that. No, he also calls her bitch. So often. Well, he calls all the girls bitches. Yeah. He, uh-huh. he is extremely sexist. He's just an asshole all around. Uh-huh. This girl's name to is To the Helen. point where you're wondering how a person like that would have a black friend. <laughs> right. Yeah, you'd think he'd be racist, too. Yeah, you would think so, but he's not. Um, and, <laughs> and his so black friend, friend is Roger. Roger. And Roger's going to be really important. He is, actually. Uh, he's going to make it. Through a lot of this movie. Now, I'm not going to, if you haven't watched it, I'm not going to tell you if he lives or dies. But he gets pretty far. (laughs) So we've got Stooge, Roger, and... Helen. Helen. That's right. Helen. As they're driving, they see an old man... And Stooge <sighs> will moon this old man. But he and not refused, even really. No, he refused to show his ass on camera, so oh, it's just his underwear. I was wondering. I was like, <laughs> why is he doing his underwear on? Couldn't they have had a body double? Does it matter? I guess. I don't know. Weird. So the old dude is like, and then we're going to meet a new character named Sal, who's going to run at the old man with a fake rat and scare him so that he drops his groceries um, oh, but but he's already an asshole. See, that's the thing. They are totally awful to this old man. But turns out, not only is he awful back to them, and you could be like, oh, you know what? It's just he's reacting to it. But then we find out something about this old man in a little bit. Well, as he's trying to grab his his groceries, we will meet... Judy. Judy. And she will attempt to help him, and he will call her a whore. Yeah. For no reason. Uh-huh. She's not dressed any in any kind of way. Like, nothing. Just yeah, no, she's just being really nice. Get Here, away let me from help me, you. whore. Yeah. Gee, mister, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. Get your hands off of me. Hey, calm down. Get away from me. I, I was just trying to help. I don't need to help you, damn little whore. And when she leaves... He shouts out at the neighborhood. They'll get what they deserve. Yes. They'll get what they deserve. Tonight. <laughs> and while he's holding an apple in one hand and a package of something in the other, which I never saw the front of the package. I think I missed that. But it's razor blades. And it's like, yeah, he's going to be 
the one who's putting razor blades in apples. He's just that cranky, also fucking murderous. Yes. Old man. So, like, fuck this guy. Yes. He doesn't come back till the very end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, you'll forget about him entirely. And then she gets home. She's asking if Jay has called for her. When he does, she expl- he's like, hey, you ready to go? And she's like, no, I got stuck at school helping the homeless. And so you're, you're just supposed to find out this is the virginal sweet girl next door who has not got that reputation, apparently. Yeah. That'll be a weird thing that gets brought up later and then will not ever be resolved. <laughs> and he convinces her to go to a Halloween party instead of the Halloween dance, which is where she wanted to go. Because, you know, cool kids don't go to a dance. They actually party. Yeah. But here's the thing is like, oh, there's this really nice young girl tried to help an old man and got called a whore. And, you know, she's the virginal one or whatever. And then when he tells her that... Angela's throwing this party. She's like, oh, she's weird. I don't like her. And it's like, whoa, like, are we not supposed to like her either? Yeah. Well, Judy is just the typical girl next door who judges people based Uh on what they dress like. And Angela, as we will find out later, is a total goth. It's like in Mirror Mirror, right? Where everyone judged her for Uh, being goth. Just because she was goth. And we were both shocked when the main girl didn't care about that, right? So here... It's them showing us what reality actually would be. Sure, yeah. She really would be weirded out by somebody Uh like Angela. But he tells her, well, yeah, she's into witchcraft. Who else would throw an awesome Halloween party? And then he tells her it's at, did you catch it? Hole House. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. If you haven't listened to our episode about the legend of Hell House, Uh you should. (laughs) Legend of Hell House is wacky. (laughs) (laughs) The final battle is against wind. (laughs) Then we get a super awkward scene where she takes off her shirt and she's got huge boobs. Yeah, and she's she's wearing this like see-through bra. See-through bra, yeah, which, you know what, I think we're a lot more common then and and earlier because you weren't ever supposed to see the bra. The bra was never supposed to be exposed. But those are bras you wear for fun times yeah, uh-huh. because they don't provide a lot of uh-huh. support. <laughs> like, right. that's the point of them. <laughs> yeah, so I, you're right. I mean, it's supposed to be titillating for the audience. But it's definitely awkward because her brother will pop out and make a comment about how big her boobs are. Yeah. Yep. I mean, look, I, I never had a little brother. I don't know. Is this a normal thing? I, I don't know. I didn't have a little brother either. Also... Not a woman. <laughs> but he goes downstairs and Sal comes to their house. Uh-huh. And it's we like, met earlier. Yeah. Get your sister. He's like a punk greaser type. The brother scares him because he's got a mask on. And obviously he looks down on Sal. The brother does. Yeah. You're just a punk. My sister doesn't like you. Go away. It's It's a weird... There's a weird backstory here that... They dated once. They went on, according to Judy later, they went on one date. But, like, there's there's all kinds of weird connections to this uh-huh. weird date. And, and we never really get confirmation on any of it. And it's just like, what actually happened there? But Sal obviously still likes her. Clearly. Yeah. And he is trying to see her and he's and the brother's like get out of here my sister doesn't like you she's got a date coming over and he's gonna kick your ass and he's like oh yeah where are they going 
And he's like, or he says, I'll see them at the dance. And he's like, no, you won't. They're going to a party. And Sal then gets mad because now there's a party that he hasn't heard about. Uh-huh. And he pretty much. Bribes the kid? I mean, he does. Yeah, he bribes the kid. He first gives him a quarter. And the guy's like, I'm not going to spill the beans for a quarter. So he gives him a dollar, <laughs> which I guess in the 80s maybe was a lot <laughs> for a kid. And he tells him where the party is. And then the dude just steals the kid's mask. Yeah. And if I were that kid, I would not have let him get away with it. Wow. What was he going to do? Well, he kept he kept yelling for his mom, and that kept scaring uh-huh. Sal away. But Sal was leaving already anyway. Why not call his mom and tell him, hey, Sal, stealing my, mo- my mask? What's his mommy going to do? Well, Sal was scared of mommy before. Well, Every because time he, he wanted started to, to call for mom, he would leave. Because he wanted to see Judy. But now he's going to leave. Why would he be scared of the mom? I guess. Then we get to see Lene quickly. Oh, we get to see Lene quickly. <laughs> she is bending over in a gas station so that the gas attendants will stare at her ass. <laughs> More than just her ass. What I mean, she's you? bending over and she's got underwear on. Yeah, but you're you're seeing the, her, I mean, what effectively amounts that we wouldn't I mean, it's not technically a camel toe, but you can see. You can see the contours. You can see all of yes, her all of She her has bits. underwear on. Yes. I mean, she's not naked, no. And anyway, we've seen her fucking naked. Yeah. Who cares? This girl does not she care. She had a prosthetic pelvis in Night of Return of the Living Dead. That's right. Because <laughs> they shot it and they were like, shave. And then they did it and they were like, oh, no. <laughs> Suddenly it's worse when you can see things. Anyway. Meanwhile, Angela, the goth that we talked about, she is stealing things for the party. While everyone is looking at Linnea Quigley. And she does a very good job. We actually see all the things that she steals, and she Uh thinks to get plates. Uh She thinks to get napkins. Uh Like, it's hilarious, because later, you're going to see them setting up the party, and you're going to think for a second, where did they get... Why would kids... Oh... That's right. They showed us that she took that stuff. It's very cute. They thought about it. Uh-huh. What does Linnea Quigley ask after Angela leaves? What does she ask the attendants there? Suzanne is her name, by the way. I have no idea. She asks them a question, and they're like, yeah, of course. And she makes a joke about how it must be hard to get a blowjob or something like that. Yeah, I don't There's know. There's some sort of sexual joke that she does to kind of mock them right as she's leaving. Do you guys have sour balls? Why, sure we do. Too bad. I bet you don't get many blowjobs. But, oh my God, then you get a close-up of these two women. And you're just like, nope. So <laughs> Neither of you are in high school. Apparently... That's exactly why Linnea Quigley did not want to audition for this part. Because, you know, I mean, even in Return of the Living Dead, she was supposed to be older than high school. Mm -hmm. So how is she going to pull off being a high school student in this movie that's just like three years later or something? Mm -hmm. And so she wasn't going to do it, but they wanted her. And so her agent convinced her to finally audition. I understand that. But I'm telling you, I didn't know who these women were at yeah. all. I just got one close up and I was like, no. Well, 80s horror <laughs> fans probably knew exactly who she was. Uh, that's exactly. And I'm sure that's what they were excited about. Uh-huh. Lene Quickly's character is kind of weird because she talks. So later her speech will make sense when she becomes possessed. No, oh, spoilers. She becomes possessed. But like even in the beginning, she kind of talks weird. Like, well, she's like I a ditzy blonde type. For the boys. I know. Yeah. And I, it's supposed to be a cutesy, but you'd think that cutesy would be like, I want to look cute for the boys. But instead, she kind of talks in slow mo, almost like she's like on heroin. Like, no, because I want to look good for the 
boys. <laughs> no, it's there. There's two different. There, there's a difference between the two things that you said. The the one that you thought it should be. That's that's like a Judy type character who's cute and bubbly and stuff like that. No, she is supposed to be ditzy specifically. <laughs> She's supposed to be the ditzy slut type character. <laughs> I guess. And then Angela will say, we're going to scare the shit out of him today. Because uh, uh, she asks her, you know, did you invite cute boys? And she says, yeah, and we're going to scare the shit out of him. Here's the thing. You never see anything that they planned on using to scare people. That never comes up again. The only thing that does come up, Angela later will be like, let's do a seance. Yeah. And you think she's going to have like, what, what, what movie did we watch where they had a bunch of shit? Le- oh, wasn't it Killer Party? <laughs> <laughs> or no, I don't know. There were a bunch of tricks and they were trying to. Yeah, but yeah. so you think, okay, she's going to do some sort of trick seance thing, but she doesn't. No. She literally just wants to do an actual seance. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so Jay shows up to Judy's house. And we get like an insightful moment from the little brother <laughs> when he's talking to Jay. And Jay says, you know, your sister's real nice. And the kid goes, yeah, are you actually dating her for personality or because she has big boobs? Yeah, uh-huh. like Mom- this brother will never come back in the no. film. But they thought they thought it was important for him to be like an actual good brother. And there are several lines in an exchange between the mom and Jay where she's trying to get him to eat her <laughs> chocolate logs or whatever. And until finally, at the end, the brothers like they look like dried dog turds, mom. <laughs> exactly. But that like you will never see these characters again. Yes, <laughs> these weird little things. They just these details they decided to keep in. So she's dressed up as Alice in Wonderland. He's not dressed up, which everyone it's uncool to dress up. Exactly. Everyone will kind of make up fun of him for him, but it, that, that that goes nowhere. She seems very standoffish, which, again, it makes it confusing. How long have they been dating? We don't really know. Like, they just started, I think, is what we find out. Right. But, like, we don't – like, he comes up to her. He's like, hey, baby. Like, they've been dating for a long Mm -hmm. period of time. But then later, it's going to seem like they haven't been. And I don't know. They – it's they weird. haven't even slept together yet. It, right. But it's strange because they've got these super deep, big details here uh-huh. for the brother and the mom. But this relationship, which is kind of important. Oh, it won't be established what the status of their relationship is until like halfway through the movie. Yeah. It's weird. Meanwhile, back to Stooge, Helen, and Roger. Stooge's car will get... A flat. A flat. And they don't have a tire iron. And you think this is going to matter? Them not having a car doesn't matter at all? Just another interaction. Yeah. And then we'll see Judy and Jay. And then they picked up another couple. Billy and Franny. Franny will be known as Peter Pan in all of my notes because she's dressed as Peter Pan. Yeah. They will drive up. And see that Stooge, Roger, and Helen are screwed right now. They're in the middle of nowhere and they can't get their car to go. And Jay will laugh at them and drive away. Well, Billy leans out the window and is like, hey, you guys need a hand? And then and then Jay and Billy will just start giving them a hand as they drive away and laugh. And Judy's like, well, that's pretty fucked. And Jay's response is, it's just a flat tire. Come on, it's not that big a deal. Any guy can change a flat tire. But they already established that, yes, they can. They just don't have the tools for it. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to walk like two miles to this haunted house. But does that mean anything? No, it doesn't. (laughs) Except for I think there's one moment of 
how when Roger wants to leave, there's one moment of like, how is he going to get out of there? But that doesn't matter. Either. No, yeah. Uh-huh. Jay and Judy and Billy and Franny show up and they see there's a casket there. Oh, there's a real casket. Oh, that's right. And then Sal pops out wearing Judy's little brother's mask. Well, you forgot to say. Oh, yeah. Jay wanted, Jay to, wanted to get in and Stooge. scare. Yes, exactly. But Sal's already in there with the mask and he pops out and he's like, oh, yeah, wasn't that scary? And Billy calls him Count Dingleberry, the flaming asshole of Transylvania. <laughs> this is just a great line. <laughs> I also love that Judy points out the hypocrisy of why are you so mad at Sal when Sal's doing yep. the exact same thing you wanted to do? Yep. Oh, geez. Okay. No, Max is the guy. Billy's her little brother. Max is the guy dressed as the doctor. Max and Franny. Yeah, Max and Franny are together. Sorry. So fix that in your own head. <laughs> While. They're out there. I don't know. Things are getting really confused, and we're not remembering exactly the order of things here. But while they're out there, Max, who's dressed up as a doctor and therefore has a stethoscope, listens to the ground for some reason? At the base of the wall. I don't know why he does that. Because there was a river that ran all the way around the property that he knew about. Oh, that's right. And he's, he's a listening to that. One. Yeah. For whatever reason, he has done lots of research on this place. Yeah. On this whole house. And so he finds that there is a stream running under it, and the only person who wants to listen to it is Judy. I'm not doing a good job of making this movie sound good. Maybe the the beginning is not good, but it's gonna get good, I promise. But there's a very tall wall with barbed wire over the top of it, and that marks this river, which is underground, specifically for the reason that spirits cannot cross over running water. Max will point out that it's very quiet here. He can't even hear crickets. Yeah. And then Judy just whines and whines and whines, and I'm just like, Judy! If you don't want to be here, go the fuck home. (laughs) Are you sure you like this movie, Kelsey? (laughs) I really do. I really do. But yeah, Judy will just whine a lot. Judy is the worst character of the film, but she's our main girl. Yes, we're stuck with her. her. (laughs) It's cool that she's dressed up as uh, Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) So once they're all inside... They decide, you know, let's party. So there's lots of dancing. They've got food. They've got beer. Do you remember what the first song is? No. Computer Date, written for the movie by David Michael Tenney, the brother to the director. Specifically written for this movie, it's a song about computer dating. Computer dating services go back to like the 60s and shit like that at like MIT and other <laughs> colleges and stuff where the computer that they're talking about is just the computer database that does all the matching and you you fill out a questionnaire and all that stuff. But it's this 1988 song about computer dating. It's the weirdest fucking thing. That's funny. I didn't notice the lyrics. Yeah. I was just watching Lene Quigley make every man in there want her. Apparently. Yes. Because all you have to do is dance sexy, ladies. And men will drop their beer. Men will stop reacting to conversation. Men will stop everything. 
just to stare at a girl dancing, yes. apparently. Even the guys who have girlfriends. And then they come out with a strobe light, and we get to hear the clicking diegetically of the strobe light, and it's, like, super annoying. <laughs> and Helen has a pretty funny line. My mom used to be an acid head. Yeah, that's why she has a strobe light. <laughs> but then, oh no, the music stops. Yeah, ah, you should have had better batteries. I charged my batteries. Or I just got new batteries this morning or whatever. Yeah. But Angela's. God, excited. remember batteries and radios? Remember those fat ass D batteries that you would put in radios? Those giant things that you could knock out a puma with it? If a puma came at me, I could kill it. Sure. I never had giant batteries. Are you kidding me? How? Are you 12? How young are you? <laughs> you also mentioned how big the guy's flashlight is. And I'm like, no, that's because it is full of D batteries. <laughs> that thing probably weighs 20 pounds. <laughs> but Angela's very excited because now they can have their seance. But the other people are a little bit scared of this because it's like, look at where we are. You don't know what you're going to do if you have a seance. Yada, yada, yada. And yada, yada, yada. And I forget how, but they, like, realize there's another room that they haven't seen yet or something. It's and so bizarre, and it's Stooge, never mentioned. Yeah, and Stooge will be like, hey, Roger, you need to go first, which seems... Yes. <laughs> but it's more that his buddy is scared, and he's forcing his buddy. Right. Because he's going to go, too. Right. He's, he's just gonna, forcing he's, his buddy to do it as forces well. forces his friend to go first. And it just seems bad because it's always the black character that dies first. Yeah, we were just waiting for Roger to die. We're like, ah, here it comes. But he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he comes but, out and he's all like flustered. Yeah, but he, so Stooge will push Roger in. Someone will scream in that room. I think it's Roger. Roger will run out back into the room with the other people and he looks like he's seen death itself. Uh-huh. No explanation. Never ever told what he actually sees. You think, uh-oh, when they go inside, they're going to see it. And and then Stooge goes, look what I found. And you think it's going to be something scary. It's a mirror. And it's not even a, cre a creepy mirror, like yeah. a mirror mirror. Is it mirror mirror that has the creepy mirror? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> but Roger was obviously shaken up by something. And but who we knows? never know. So when they're like, hey, let's do a seance, a group seance, Roger's like, I'm not participating. Yes. Okay, I guess he, it just needs to set up that he's because shaken. Because his father was a priest or yes. a preacher, yeah. and he knows when not to mess with stuff like this. Uh -huh. I don't care what you all think. My daddy was a preacher. And I know better than to be in here fooling with this stuff. This is a house of the dead. And I'm getting out now before it's too late. They come up with this idea where if you stare into a mirror... It'll turn black. You'll get to see who you were in a past life? Yes. Never heard this before. And how they do this effect of the mirror turning black, by the way, is they just, we see them in the mirror, right? So we're looking at the mirror and we see them reflected, right? How they how they simulate the, the mirror turning black is the whole room is black and there's a light physically on the characters. And instead of the mirror turning black, they just turn off the light on the characters being reflected in the mirror. So it just looks like it turns black. It's so, it's kind of cheap, but clever at the same time. <laughs> so they're all staring at the mirror, and I don't remember, I think Angela's telling them to concentrate on her because it's her first, they want to figure out who she was in a past life, and she keeps telling them to concentrate, but they can't help themselves, they're teenagers, they keep giggling and laughing, and then one of them will say, 
I think it's Sal. I'm sorry, sweetie. I just can't get past that zit on your face. And she'll get so mad. Shut the fuck up, asshole. <laughs> like, like, implying that she really does have one. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Concentrate. I'm trying to Ange, but I can't get past that zit on your chin. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, asshole. If you're not going to help us along, then get lost. Once it turns black. Mm-hmm. Something grabs Angela's attention and they all turn and look at that thing, whatever it is. Uh-huh. While they're not looking, do you remember what we saw? This reminded me of the prop from Watcher in the Woods. Oh, yes. Like, I mean, I'm not obviously not looking at both of them right in front of me right now, but yeah, I can see why that. that it's would... like a dragon slash horse skull yeah. thing. Yeah. And she screams, and then the mirror falls and shatters, and then they get mad at her. <laughs> like, Angela gets mad at her. Like, mad the mirror her. just fell. Angela will, like, get mad at Judy for this mirror falling, because she screams because she sees this thing in the mirror when nobody's looking, and then the mirror falls. Like, does Angela think that Judy's scream caused the mirror to fall? Like, why is she mad at Judy? I don't know. <laughs> so bizarre. Then they all get scared because they start to hear loud banging noises, and Judy says that it sounds like it's coming from the basement. And then we get a lot of from the ghost perspective, like in Evil Dead with the moving camera, which at this point, like, this is not an original idea. Like, it's been in so many movies. And we we always reference Evil Dead. I'm sure that somebody did it before Evil Dead, and I just can't think of it. It's just the one everyone knows. Yeah. While we're following the camera... All of a sudden, it'll get freezing cold in the room, and it smells like something is rotting inside the room, which these are totally typical tropes of ghosts. Cold and bad smell always means demon, always means evil. Or some evil spirit, yeah. And who has their mouth open? Who's doing her lipstick? Suzanne. Suzanne. And it goes right into her mouth. Yep. And now she's possessed. Angela, who apparently knows about this stuff, because, you know, goths are all the same and they all have the same information, Uh will explain, we just experienced a real demonic infestation. The freezing cold and the bad smell are obvious indicators of something evil being here. And Roger is the only one that's like, fuck this then, we need to get the hell out of here. Uh Like the only one. This is when he leaves, right? He actually does try to leave here. I think he runs out now. And Helen tries to go with him, too, because he's going to have to walk all the way back to Stooge's car, and he can't even drive it then. So, like, but she goes with him, and they're going to leave. And the whole group kind of splits up here. Max and Franny and Judy and Jay go exploring the house, and Suzanne and Angela and Stooge and... Sal all stay downstairs. The radio starts to play again. And they do a close-up on the radio. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. I already talked about this with Kelsey, so I can't ask her a legitimate question here. But do you guys remember just on the Idle Hands episode that we just did, I referenced a band called TSOL. And sure enough, there's a TSOL sticker on this radio. And it's going to get even weirder when we talk about the remake. (laughs) (laughs) But while Stooge and Sal are downstairs. With Linnae. With with Linnae and Angela. 
Suzanne, Linnea Quigley, kisses Angela. Well, first, before she leaves, before she kisses her, she is like, I got to go to the bathroom. Who's going to escort me? And at first you think she's going to pick Sal, but she ends up picking Stooge. And Sal will be confused and be like, but he's a fat pig. And she'll go, maybe I'm in the mood for pork tonight. And then, yes, she will kiss Angela. Transferring the possession. Not transferring, but like multiplying the possession. And so now Angela is possessed. So uh, Stooge and Lene are walking to the bathroom. And Stooge totally thinks he's going to get lucky here. But apparently they he really does have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And like he wants to go in with her, but she's like, girls first or whatever it is yeah. that she says and runs in. Oh, God, this one better be it or I'm going to water them all away. No, ladies before germs. <laughs> no, wait. Um, I thought, well, I thought maybe we, we might could go in there together. Huh? So who do we go to next? We're going to see the two couples. Okay. This is when Max is going to tell all this information that he knows about this place. And I don't know. It's like built on evil ground or something. Is there, it's, it's, an old, it's an old mortuary. We'll find out more about it. And there's a crematorium in the basement, which is where this demon that we saw the POV of came from. Came from the crematorium downstairs. Jay will get Judy alone. Because he's like, hey, Max, like, mm, mm, eh, eh. he does that head gesture thing. And he's like, I think we're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. But when Jay tr tries to get busy, uh, Judy will be like, oh, no, I'm much too frightened. Won't you just hold me? <laughs> and his look is pretty great. Also, we haven't mentioned that we do know this actor. He's he's in uh, Heathers, which is what I know him mostly yeah, from. Uh -huh. He's one of the dickhead uh, football guys yeah. who they make look gay. When they kill him. Cut to Roger and Helen. And they cannot find the gate. The gate has disappeared. He's like, it's got to be around here somewhere. And Helen's like, we've already made two laps. There is no gate. It's just gone. Yes. And she says, don't you understand? We're already dead. We're already in hell. And Roger's like, Fuck that. Hell my ass. We are not dead and I am, you cannot lose it on me, girl. Uh -huh. And the camera follows him as he keeps checking the wall and she's backed out of frame a long time ago. And when he turns around, she's gone. Just gone. And he says, heaven help me. He goes to somebody's car, locks himself in because he's terrified. And then all, then there's somebody walking on top and he's like, what the fuck is this? And then Helen's dead body comes smashing on the, on the window. That's all we get out of. Helen, I think. Yes, Helen's gone for the rest. I think we might see her crop up possessed later, but it's unimportant. Meanwhile, with Judy and Jay, he again is trying to have sex with her, and she again is just like, what is this? Is this all you wanted from our date? Like, this seems like all you keep trying to do. And he's like, everybody knows it about you, Judy. You went out with Sal that one time. And she's like, yeah, once. And he's like, once is all it takes. Everybody knows you slept with him. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't deny it. Which is fine. I do not slut shame. Mm. It doesn't matter how many, like, how many times you have sex with somebody. But the thing is, is that she seems offended by it. But she still doesn't deny it. But she it. doesn't deny it. Right. Either you did it or you can be offended, but you can't have it both ways. It, yeah. She will say that's really none of your business, 
which is an extremely progressive move for the uh (laughs) 80s. Like, it doesn't matter if I did or I didn't. You don't deserve to know. But Yeah, it also doesn't give you permission to... Right. Just because I had sex with one guy doesn't mean I'm going to have sex with you, asshole. Mm -hmm. But this is also confusing because she doesn't seem upset that Sal told the whole school. If that's how they found out. Right. But that's I think it's how just like Jay says he found out. I think it's just that everyone knows they went out once, and so he and everyone else just assumes that they had sex because you know she's the innocent little girl who doesn't know any better, and Sal's the 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 greaser type who's going to take advantage of her. They might have just assumed. Ultimately, what could have been a really progressive moment becomes muddled in all of this backstory mess. Well, what we what we do get is that Jay, this, you know, this primped and proper jock type that parents love and is like the perfect guy that all the girls want to date, ends up being the total jackass dickhead. And Sal, who's the punk greaser picking on the little brother kind of thing, is the one who ends up being the real one of the real heroes in this movie. So then he will leave... And she'll be all whiny. Jay, I'm sorry. But why is she whiny, though? No, because he left her. And when and she tries to open the door, in. he yeah. did not yeah. lock her in. But she got locked in. She yeah. gets locked in. She can't open the door. And she doesn't assume the natural thing, which is that he locked her in. And she doesn't assume that, oh, fuck, I'm in trouble, meaning mm-hmm. I should be shouting and banging on the door. Neither. It's just, oh, Jay. Jay, wait. Jay! Jay! Come on, Jay! So now Lydia Quigley in my notes is called Face Changing Demon because her face will change several times. Her name is Suzanne. (laughs) Stooge is there and... Well, she screams. There's, There's shattering sound. And then nothing. And so Stooge breaks down the bathroom door and she's just gone. So after Stooge finds nothing in there, we get the best scene from the film. And it's so fucking good. So Stigma Martyr is playing by Bauhaus, who also did Bella Lugosi's Dead, which is probably what they're most famous for, which was in The Hunger, which we watched on the show. Bella Lugosi's Dead. Yeah. uh (laughs) Just classic goth music right awesome i love goth stuff so angela's gone a little bit nutso and she's like blessed be the sinners for the day of atonement is at hand say what (laughs) and sal like my favorite part of this entire thing this is the music video portion of the film yes just like in rock and roll nightmare where we got several and she will do a fantastic dance to this goth song sal just sitting there, thinking to himself, this is a weird night. <laughs> She's kind of hot, but also strange. Should I do something, or should I just sit here? It's kind of entertaining. I'm also worried. Like, I just love, I love that he's just sitting there, just like, I don't just know what I should do. watching her, like, <laughs> this is some weird-ass shit, but I'm like... I'm not repulsed. (laughs) Exactly. I fucking love it. I love Sal. And then eventually, I forget what she does. Well, she she dances this whole dance. 
and we get to see all her sexy underwear and everything the strobe and her garters light comes and, on and yes, she's uh-huh. got this she's she's like a gothic bride so she's got this long black veil that she's dancing with yes uh-huh and yeah he's like eh, okay yeah but yeah something does happen and he's like you know what i'm out of here the strobe light comes on by itself uh-huh so maybe that's it but something happens and sal has finally had enough he's like you know what girl you're hot but I know something weird is going on. I'm going to go look for the others or he says something like that. But on his way out, who shows up? Stooge. Yes. And Sal tries to warn him, uh, Stooge, I think something's wrong with Angela. Yeah. <laughs> and Stooge is like, uh, there ain't nothing wrong with Angela. Because from Stooge's perspective, it's not the weird ones you got to watch out for. Yeah. Don't you know anything about women? She tells Stooge, I never realized how sexy you are. And they start to make out, and what happens? She bites him vaguely in or around the mouth. It's very unclear. Either she bites his lower lip off or bites his tongue off. There's blood coming from his mouth. What was the other movie where we saw them do the exact same thing, and we were both like, what did she actually do? And then she, like, spit something out, right? Right. And we didn't know exactly what it was. Was it his tongue? I can't remember. But what there's movie that another was. movie that does the exact same thing. Oh, is it Dream Warriors when the nurse is making out with that kid and then she has the possessed tongues that tie him up? She like pulls a tongue <laughs> out and it's like attaching their mouths and it's like unclear. Is that her tongue or did she stretch out his tongue? Like, what exactly is happening there? Maybe, Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, he's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, is everybody here on drugs? <laughs> And he goes, I'm going home. And she says, you are home. What is everybody here on drugs or something? You know, you're a sweet looking babe, Suzanne, but you and your friend Ange are just a little too weirdo for me. Good night now. I'm going home. You are home, Sal. Uh-uh. This dirty dive don't spell home to me. I live in a nice house, you know, with plastic slip covers on the furniture. Enjoy your lipstick, doll face. Good night. So there's two people we haven't talked about yet, really. Well, now we get a weird scene with Lene quickly. Oh, is this the J scene? All by herself. No, this is the nipple scene with the lipstick. Oh, she just by herself when this she happens? She is by herself when this happens. Okay. Because I know Jay's coming up and he's going to run into her. But yeah, okay. Tell us about the nipple scene. See, okay. Once, you get, once you've gotten to the music video part, just everything from here is amazing. Yes, absolutely. Everything on from it's here just fun. is bizarre and fun and I love it. Lene Quigley has got lipstick all so, over herself. <laughs> if you remember, the last we saw her, she was possessed. She was in the bathroom and then she disappears. The next time we see her, she's just in this random room and yeah fucking up her lipstick yeah and she's got lipstick like all over her face um she tears open her dress and then draws the lipstick down her face down her chest under her boob and then makes like a concentric circle around her boob that ends at her nipple and then does what pops it in her nipple just shoves it right in her nipple like what the fuck so obviously this is a prosthetic chest it's actually. Oh, you can tell. I wrote down that chest does not look real. Well, her chest doesn't look real. But, yes, obviously this is a prosthetic. Supposedly, she met her husband making that prosthetic. He was a special effects guy who got the mold of her chest. 
So anyway, but it's it's, a it's classy way to move. The effect is really good though. Like she shoves it right in there, yes. and then it looks like there's no hole at all. Like that that effect is really really good and way better than when they do it in the remake. And it's obvious that she has to shove it sideways because her oh, real yeah. boob is there. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, it, but she's just by herself. Yes. <laughs> it is so weird. We just needed some weird thing to happen, and we needed to see some chick topless. Like that's all they wanted. And it's a weird thing that happened. There are a lot of things that are going to happen at this point that are all going to happen at the same time. So let's just tell each individual story. Uh huh. First of all, we have Max and Franny who are having sex inside of a coffin. That same coffin that Sal was hiding in earlier. They're having sex. Suzanne's on top of him. And then Stooge comes in and kills Suzanne by snapping her neck while he's still on top of Max, while she's still on top of Max. And it's the worst neck snap you'll ever see in a movie ever. It's, it's real bad. really bad. So he's still inside of her when she's dead, which is weird. He throws his arm out and Stooge will continuously th- shut the coffin door on top of him. Now, I understand that if he was somehow able to get that thing to snap off the guy's arm... I understand that eventually the man would die from blood loss. We get no actual kill on Max, but he does end up dead. But he is dead. Yes. Which doesn't make sense. Okay, whatever. We find out in a later scene when they see his hand on the floor that his hand was chopped off. The scene just ends with Stooge repeatedly hitting his arm. I assume that the arm is going to come off, but that doesn't imply death. Yeah, exactly. So that's fine. But that's what happens to Max and Suzanne. What else happens? Sal, who I don't know why he hasn't left the house yet, comes upon Angela, who he's like, hey, Angela, what's going on? And she goes, oh, there you are. I was just warming my hands in the fire. Holy shit. When she so turns, cool. His hands, her hands are on fire, and it's very cool. It's like, what a great warming my hands by the fire. They're actually on fire. It's 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 an awesome moment. I really liked that. Yes. Meanwhile, Jay, you know, getting over his heartbreak of having a frigid girlfriend, goes <laughs> and finds Suzanne, who's already naked and has been throwing herself at men all night. So he's like, well, you're already naked. You got clown makeup all over your body, including your boobs, but I'm okay with that. Yes. But what does she do while they're having sex? Well, her face changes. And does she- it? It changes a little bit. Yeah, I think right here. Right here is where it changes. And she's like, stop looking at me. (laughs) Ah! Jeez! Christ! Stop looking at me! Ah! And he's like, what? And she's just like, you're looking at me. I can't get my makeup right. And he's like, your makeup is fine. Uh Just keep having sex with me. And she doesn't like the way he's looking at her. So what does she do? She pops out his eyes with her thumbs. Yes. And they literally pop out. (laughs) Which I don't think is what would happen. Don't they get pushed into the back of your skull? Yeah. Uh Unless you intentionally dug under them. (laughs) So let's do an accounting here. Who is actually alive and not possessed right now? Sal, Roger, and Judy. That's it. Everyone else has been killed off and you can assume are going to become a demon because. Or they already are a demon. Because if you die on the property, you're now a demon. Yes, I guess. 
There's no lore, by the way, about these demons or anything. Effectively, it's just it's Halloween and demons can come out and that's all the lore you get. And that it's funny because the new one, the remake, puts a bunch of lore in it that I'm trying to remember. That is all from the remake. Yes. None and of that none matters of in here. Yes. But like I can't stop doing it and I keep wanting to say, well, there's seven of them. No, there's yeah, not. Exactly. That doesn't matter. Exactly. There's just this big gaping hole in this movie where the lore should be, and it's just very natural to insert the things you know about the remake into this hole. Exactly. Yeah. So Sal and Roger have met up because remember Judy's still locked in the room. Yes. It's almost like the movie was like, God, this character's annoying as yeah. fuck. Let's just put her in a room for a bunch of it. But they meet up because Roger goes back inside. Yeah. Because he can't do anything else. Yeah, he can't get out. And they both kind of meet up at Judy's door. There's a lot of kind of chaos going on right now. Uh-huh. Everyone's running around looking for different people. Like, Judy will hear somebody at the door, and it's actually Stooge, but she'll think it's Jay. And then Roger and Sal are looking for Judy. They run into Angela, yes. who is now, like, floating Floating down them. the hallway. It's, it's yeah, great. Uh -huh. I mean, and she's wearing this black bride thing. It's very much like the craft. I would not be surprised if the makers of the craft have seen this movie and, and <laughs> liked it. Because it, it reminded me a lot of that. Uh -huh. This is when we see that Jay is now a demon running around with Suzanne. Suzanne will let Judy out of the room, but I don't remember why. But Suzanne will then say, run, Judy, run. See, Judy, run. And for a <laughs> moment... For a moment, when she first says, run, Judy, run, you're like, oh, my God, Forrest, run. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, see, Judy, run. She's run, talking Judy, about run. the little ch children's book. The kids yeah. books, Dick, yeah. Dick and Jane. Yeah. But that's funny because you, I never put that together for Forrest Gump. Uh-huh. No, neither Forrest, did I. run. That's where it comes from. It's interesting. No, I never thought of it that way. I mean, it could just be innocently her telling him to run, but it does match that exact phrasing from the dick and jane books yeah uh-huh it's see this person do this thing do this thing person do this thing that's yeah anyway sal's an odd character because at the beginning you think like chris said at the beginning you think he's gonna be an asshole he ends up being a good guy it's almost like he really is in love with judy yeah but again there's this big gaping hole of we don't know what the fuck happened there uh-huh we don't know why they only went on one date. We don't know why she would ever date have dated Sal in the first place. We don't know why they'd stop dating. We don't know why Sal would be an asshole to her brother if he really genuinely cares about Judy. Uh -huh. But either way, now that Judy is in peril, Sal becomes her knight in shining armor and mm -hmm. will stop multiple people from yes. killing her. Which will eventually lead to his own death, which is really sad at that it point. It is. Because at that point, again, he saves Judy like three times here. They make their way up to the top. Roger's already down one level. So, okay. So, if you imagine this is like a mansion, right? And there's a balcony around the top floor that you can walk out on. And there's also the top of another wing of the building, one floor down. And that's where Roger ends up. And they're being chased... And Sal tries to protect Judy, who's now falling over the railing, and she's hanging off the edge. Yeah, he's Chris is skipping a lot of them running around the house. Yeah, but it does. It doesn't matter. But uh, I just he wanted finds to his say, way into an air shaft, and yeah, I just wanted to say that there's a weird line. I think it's Roger who gives it, and he says, "No wonder there were no boards on the windows. You can't get 
out because there will be several times that people will just bust through a window. Yeah, well, that's one point. <laughs> Sal busts through a window and falls down like two stories. And he's like, oh, at least I'm outside. And then he gets up and he looks around and there's walls all around him. And he looks up and there's open sky and he's like, oh, it's just an air shaft. Air shafts are these large old fashioned buildings would have these these parts of them that are just designed to get ventilation through the whole building because the building is so large it gets really stuffy the further into the building you get so they would plan them in such a way where they would have these air shafts which are just big open areas where nothing is supposed to be it just allows you to open up windows to someplace in the middle of the property that's all it's for and so now he's like oh i guess i gotta climb out of this thing <laughs> and he does yeah it's just um structural it's a structural comment about the about the nature of the property i did not know that yeah. But anyway, while he's protecting her and she's hanging off the ledge, him and I think it's Angela go tumbling down from the top floor balcony and he lands with some random pole or branch or something right through him. And this is how he's going to die is protecting Judy. And she's freaking out because now she's hanging over the just as far down as as he fell, right? And Roger's like, come on, just shimmy your way over. And she's like, I can't do it. Just shimmy your way over. I can't do it. We've seen a lot of movies lately that require <laughs> women to have upper body strength. And you're just like, uh, <laughs> I don't believe that Judy could uh, do that. <laughs> <laughs> but she tries. She shuffles her way over a little bit and she thinks she's going to fall. And I think it's Stooge, Demon Stooge comes out and he's going to attack her and she falls and there's this like, like the fall down the stairs in Psycho where the camera follows her and there's like just, she's just going like flailing her hands and then there's a rear projection behind her that's zooming in towards the ground below her. So it's this neat kind of Psycho reference almost, but she only falls half a story because she ends up actually landing where Roger is on top of the story beneath them on some wing of the house. And so she's safe. Hooray. Yes. They end up back inside a room and they start laughing until Roger starts crying. <laughs> this is when they're down in the basement, I guess. Yeah, in, in the crematorium. Which it takes Judy a very long time to realize what she's looking at. <laughs> she's like, look, it's a door. We can get out. <laughs> Why would you think the door would look like that? It's this giant, you know, circle iron door with one of those wheel locks. Why would you think that's a portal to anywhere you want to go? Anyone who's <laughs> ever done any history, historical research on the fucking Holocaust would know uh -huh. you don't want to go in there. <laughs> It's an oven. It takes There's a skull. A while. But I do love, there's some moments here that are really fucking funny, even though they're not done well because the actors are not great, but the writing here is pretty funny. It could have been done to comedic gold and she didn't do it right at all, but she finds this door and she's like, it's the only way out. We have to open it. And... Roger, who again, his father was a preacher, says, I think we should pray first. And she goes, I've been praying all night. <laughs> and there's like, it could have been done to a comedic way, but the yeah. way that the actors do it, they're way mm. too serious about it. They, yeah. took, they took the movie a little too seriously here. And it's like, it could have been him being like, we need to pray. And she could have been like, I'm praying all night. Like, it could have been yeah. funny, but they didn't do it. Um, I think Judy, who was not a great actress, no. thought this was her big break. Oh. 
there's a there's a report and I can't substantiate it, so I wasn't going to mention it earlier, but there's a report that she ended up like quitting her job as a waitress and is like going to move out to L.A. That's where this movie was filmed, by the way, is in L.A. Yeah, she thought this was her big break in acting. It's not until she picks up a skull and stares at it for several seconds uh-huh. <laughs> that she's like, oh, <laughs> this is a crematorium. We should get out of here. The demons start busting down the wall and they don't know what to do or how they're going to save themselves. Oh, we didn't mention a very important thing that happened earlier in the movie. The lighter. Oh. Yeah, that's it's very, very important for this later scene. While with the setup earlier when nobody's possessed, there's like the, a punch area and Judy's like lighting candles and she drops the lighter or something. And somebody like. No, the lighter wouldn't work. So uh-huh. Angela uses a match. So because the lighter wouldn't work, Judy went to just leave it. And Angela's like, you shouldn't litter in a house of spirits. They won't like it. Uh-huh. And she's like, whatever. This is just an old abandoned house. I don't care. And then when the person leaves, she leans down and she picks it up. And Out of grabs fear. It. Yeah, uh-huh. Because she's now superstitious about it. That's important for this scene way later in the movie. Because when they don't know what to do, she grabs the gas line from inside the oven and yanks it out. And now it's broken and there's gas coming out. She All, all she wanted was a pipe. She was going to just yank a pipe off the wall. You know, little, no upper body strength Judy was going to yank a pipe off the wall. But what she realizes is that it's a gas line and the gas is still running. But hey, at the very least, she realizes she needs a weapon, which I'm down with. Yeah. But also, you skipped her monologue. What's the monologue she has? I did not write down her lines, but I do remember her giving the monologue. And it goes on for a while and she is acting her little heart out. Oh, yes, I do remember that. Yes. (laughs) And, and that's it's like, really oh, bad. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear what they said, Raj? Not tonight. They won't go to hell tonight because, because it's Halloween, right? That's why they won't go to hell tonight, right? Because it's the one night of the year they don't have to. Remember what Helen said, Raj? Didn't she say that tonight's a special night of evil? Remember? And then Stooge comes in being all Hulk-like. Yes. <laughs> he, like, rips the door off of Hulk the panel. smash. You expect me he's going to come bursting in and going, oh, yeah. Exactly. But she's able to use the valve, as Chris said. Uh, well, she does. There's a lot of repeating here. She repeats herself several times. Roger, the valve. Roger, the valve. And he's, like, frozen in terror, so he's not doing anything. Roger, yeah. the valve. Uh-huh. But then, so she's able to fight off stooge with the fire but what comes out of the crematorium yes okay so yeah she lights the thing on fire all this flame comes out and she scares off the demons but roger's sitting right there next to the valve and then just a skeleton hand comes out and grabs him yes. and he's like bah! and he uh-huh. shakes it off nothing else happens with this skeleton <laughs> and then jay's there and jay says to duty why hast thou forsaken me <laughs> which is a reference to jesus and I don't know why it's here. <laughs> and then Roger jumps through the window. Because they're demons. It's a religious reference. That's right. But so 
But so they're all very slowly walking towards her. And Roger jumps through a window again because there's just so many windows to jump through mm-hmm. on this building. And Judy will watch him do it. And then they're still slowly walking towards her. Yes. And she's like, Jay, how could you abandon me? Jay. And then she has time to consider her options before they get to her. And she still is then able to get through the window. Yes. It's like, just jump through the window. You saw him do it. And he's safe. Just do the same thing. And then we will get or a climb hard core scene. Okay, yes. Where they have to climb up a wall. And the only way to do it is with barbed wire. Yes. So obviously, again, there's no fence, right? So they have to climb over the wall. And she can't do it because the only way to climb is some of the barbed wire from the top is hanging down the wall. And so th- she's like grabbing onto it. And her hands are getting all bloody and fucked up. And he's like, you can't do it here. I'll get up there and then I'll carry you back over. So he does, but she can't reach and she can't climb any further up with the barbed wire and still grab onto him. And they're like coming. At one point, Angela like points out the fact that Sal died. And then we look, you find out where he died is by all these headstones. And then one of the headstones says Sal. Yes. (laughs) It's like, it's like Sal 1972 tonight or See, whatever. It's, it's almost like this movie was written by two different people yes, and uh-huh. one really wanted it to be comedic and yes. it could have been very funny. Yep. But the other one was like, fuck you, I like my movie. Well, and you know, I got, this, I got the same sense from Return of the Living Dead. Some of it was very obviously a comedy and other of it, it's like, this is really fucking intense and disturbing. That's, yes, you say that and it reminds me every time. I remember I being shocked because I loved dark horror but i remember that return of the living dead i was like why is this funny yeah uh uh-huh why are we supposed to be laughing at this right like this this poor kid is very seriously turning into a zombie before our eyes and he is in a lot of pain physically and emotionally and it's like now we're gonna crack a joke and it's what is happening yeah i remember that being a problem with return of the living dead this doesn't have quite that problem because there's nothing it never goes that far no. i'd say like i said the most harsh thing that happens here is them going up on the, the barbed wall, wire the barbed but wire, honestly yeah. i don't mind it because this is probably the best acting that Judy will give. Yes. She literally does look like she's in a lot of pain here, and her screams do sound genuine. Uh-huh. And so eventually, as the, the, the demons reach them and pull her down, and Roger's like, oh shit, and he falls off the other side of the wall. Yeah. And you're like, oh god, she's stuck there now. And they're all surrounding her, and they're she's trying to get up, and they're pu- they're grabbing at her. Oh yeah! Her. And when Stooge grabs her, she like her skin burns. Yes, uh huh. And it's kind of weird. So while Judy is screaming for Roger to help her, now remember Roger fell, and that's not his fault. But then he's sitting there, and he realizes he's home free. If he wanted to, he could just leave. Yes. And he puts his hands over his ears, and he's terrified. He doesn't want to hear her calling out for him, hear her die. Exactly. And it's actually a pretty decent moment of what is this character going to do? Uh-huh. And then he ends up making the right decision. But I'd like to point out that there's no way for him to get up to the top of the wall yes. on the other side. Uh-huh. But he does magically <laughs> as she's trying to climb up. You see his hand thrust down and she looks up and he's back up on top of the wall. He is able to pull her up this time. Just, just in time. Just as it's turned. Not just in time. Because just as 
the sun's starting to rise and then they turn into smoke because they only have from sundown to sunup on Halloween night to wander the earth freely. So the sun comes up and they turn into smoke. It's like, oh, you could have just run away from them for a while and you didn't need to do all this wall shit. Oh, the remake will make it far worse. It really does. It makes it way worse. Way worse. But we do get to see the dragon head again. Yeah, it like flies up over the mansion as they're looking at it. This is where I wrote, Watcher in the Woods! (laughs) That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, because it's kind of like insect-like too, which I remember Watcher in the Woods had this sort of like, you know, skeleton insect feature to it. Yeah, anyway. And so they just are staggering home because all the cars are inside the wall. The only car outside the wall has a flat tire. So they just stagger their way home. They're all beat up and exhausted and they're and as they're heading home they're like all right i'll see you later okay i'll see you later they separate and then we see what the old man from the beginning of the film and he says oh they'll rotten hell those kids and he's also a total bitch to his wife who's already up and he's like why'd you let me sleep so long he's like yeah you look so peaceful i wanted to let you get your rest and i made you some pie yeah, and she's like, how is it? And he's like, nah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but he still continues to dig into it and berate her emotionally. And then he's like, what kind of pie is this? Oh, apple pie. We had so many apples left over from last night. I figured it'd be horrible for it to go to waste. And you're thinking, okay, there's no way he wouldn't notice razor blades in his pie. And there's no way she wouldn't notice it when she's making it. But only one of those things is actually something that's not believable. Because he's like, what? You used the apples from last night. And just as he's realizing that, he spits blood. And then these slices come down his throat and out pops all this blood and full razor blades. It's just tearing up his throat. You're like, Jesus Christ. Which we all know if he had actually done it, it would have cut up his mouth. Yeah, exactly. And that's if he didn't notice it. Like, it's hard to fit a full razor blade in your mouth without noticing it. But whatever. He's dying. And he falls face first. And you're like, how did she... I, okay, he didn't notice them. Fine, that's hard to believe. But how did she not notice them when she was making it? And then she comes up and she sees him face down in the pie and is like something like rest well, dear, or whatever. Happy Halloween, Happy dear. Halloween, dear. And then she smiles and takes a drink of her coffee or whatever. And it's like, oh, she knew. She hates this man and she killed him. It was great. It's so awesome and random so random. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they decide to end this movie about demons. <gasps> With an old lady committing actual murder. <laughs> That's the end of this movie. Yeah, the beginning of the movie, okay, whatever. But once we get, once we have the music video, the rest of the movie is great. I wrote that. I said when shit starts going down, it actually gets really neat. It gets hilarious. The lipstick in the boob, the hands in the fire. It gets weird. The, the tombstone that says to tonight, which is great. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it really was. So thank you, Diane. Yes, thank you. The movie was never released nationwide until it came out on home video. I just realized Diane's the one who had us watch a mirror mirror and, and look away. Really? <laughs> That's funny. That. It originally debuted in Detroit. In uh, 1988 and then like kind of toured the country for a couple months till the middle of the next year. And it made like three million dollars off of like one point two million or whatever. So it was profitable, but not insanely so. And it's more like it has more of like a cult status, but it did well enough 
To spawn two sequels? To spawn two sequels. And a remake. (laughs) So Augustine, who wrote the first one, co-wrote the second one. And then Tenny, who directed the first one, wrote the third one. So they were all stayed involved with this franchise for a while here. And Tenny actually produces, he's an executive producer of the remake. <laughs> so he signed off on it, whether it was just for a paycheck or not, who knows. So anything else to say about this movie, Kelsey? I really hope you guys got a taste of how much fun this movie is. Yes. I know it started out rough, but the movie just gets so fun. It really does. So... What do you think it is? What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? There are 10 reviews, so you know it has to be a multiple of 10. 60? 40. No Metacritic, no cinema score, no consensus statement. Too bad. It really is. Obviously, that's low. Okay, so what would you give it? I'm going to give it a 70. Okay, you're going to go full 70, huh? Full 70. I think it. I would tell so many of my friends to watch this. I love the goth. Music video. I love Sal's bizarre response to it. I love Lene Quigley's bizarre behaviors. I love that they put Judy in a room for the majority of the film because they knew you didn't like her. <laughs> I I love all of it. I think it's a lot of fun. I I I hesitate to give this movie exactly a seventy because I. Don't think it quite gets into 70 territory, but I will give it a 69 nice. 69, dudes! So, yeah, I think, I mean, you gave Return of the Living Dead smack dab in the middle. You gave it a 50. You hated half of it. You enjoyed the other half. It was like exactly a 50. I gave it a 60. So we both like this one more than Return of the Living Dead. And the reason we're bringing it up is not just because Linnea Quigley is in that movie. That is part of it. But... It legitimately reminded me in tone and all this other stuff of Return of the Living Dead. It just, I, I enjoyed it more. It did better. Yeah. There's there's some really awesome effects in Return of the Living Dead. The visuals are really cool. But the tone was all over the place. Didn't quite know what to do with it. This one, you know, the movie wasn't as invested in itself, I feel. And so it allowed us a little bit more wiggle room to enjoy it. So, Kelsey, before we move on to our modern film in this double feature... Horror trivia. What was the name of the possessed doll in the 2013 movie The Conjuring? Annabelle. That's going to be important coming up, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. All right. I left it for the second question. (laughs) All right, Kelsey. Yeah. Nine of the Demons, 1988, is not what it was originally called when they were writing and filming it. It had a different name. If you had to guess, what would that name be? Halloween party? That's exactly right. (laughs) Oh, my God. And if it had been named that, I wouldn't have thought it was for graduation. (laughs) I can't believe you got that exactly right. I'm like, she has a chance. No, you nailed it. (laughs) Awesome. Yes, it was just called Halloween party. So funny. (laughs) All right. Moving on to our second movie in this double feature is Night of the Demons from 2009. Based on the original screenplay by Joe Augustine, written by Jace Anderson and Adam Girash, directed by Adam Girash, starring Tatiana Konovka, Michael Arada, Shannon Elizabeth, and 
Edward Furlong with a cameo That's by Linnea right. Quigley. Edward Furlong. Edward Furlong, who is not top build here, even though he's a really important character. Yeah. He's basically the Sal character. Yeah. And like, what the fuck? You you hired him for a reason. <laughs> and when we Shannon looked Elizabeth. it up, when we looked it up, he had two things next to his name. Yes, Terminator 2 was one of them, but it was not the first one build. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember the first one was. It was something I hadn't even fucking heard of. Yeah, I can't remember what that was, but it was weird. It was like something else and Terminator 2 fame. Like, why Detroit Rock City? American History X? Right. Nope. <laughs> no. And Terminator 2 was listed as his second. Yeah, it was really, I can't remember what that was, but it was very fucking weird. But anyway, what is the Night of the Demons remake from 2009 about? It's basically the same thing, just with adults instead of high schoolers. And they're like college students. And more lore. Yeah, it it takes the story and it, like we said, it injects a whole bunch of stuff into the blank spaces that the other one left out. Yeah. It changes the characters, but they're basically the same. And it, it just it's just, they're just older. Mm -hmm. So you can rent this movie for $4 basically anywhere. You can buy it for $6 on iTunes and Prime, which I, I think I bought it, right? I think I bought it. I don't remember. Because it was like $2 more. And I was like, well, I mean, now I don't need to worry about if I need to look back on the movie while we're editing, if the rental period expired or whatever. So, but now I just have this permanently in my library, just like fucking Lifeblood is permanently in my, like, I kind of want to just, can I call up iTunes and say, <laughs> remove it from my library? I don't want it. <laughs> this is not nearly as bad as that. No. Should people watch it though? If you've already seen... The original, you don't need to see this one. That's really funny, because what I was going to say is the only reason to watch it is if you've seen the original. And you liked it enough to be curious about how they filled in the gaps in the lore and right. how they would remake it. But, but I, it's I not good on its own, this. is my thought. Yeah, it's not good on its own. Well, I mean, it's not awful on its own. But here's what I will say about this movie. The beginning of it starts out fine. Like sure. the first half of it, you're just you're like, like surprised that it's not bad. Yeah, you're just kind of like, eh, it's just kind of a more boring version of the original, whatever. And then it'll get really bad. Mm -hmm. It starts <laughs> out and I was really excited. I'm like, oh, we're getting backstory. Oh, with the whole silent movie. Yeah. With, with the title cards for speech. And it was like, oh, this is really fucking exciting. And it just, it never gets better than that. Once they discover a safe room, it's, oh. You you want to turn it off. Yeah. There, there is nothing worth watching after they discover the safe room. Because here's the thing. They have a safe room. Do and they, they stay there? It. Yeah. No. No. They're going to keep on leaving that safe one, room. <laughs> one point, it makes sense why they would leave. But then after that, it's like, just wait in the safe room. I mean, they imply, and when I say imply, I mean imply because it is not clear whatsoever, but they imply that the ghosts have the ability to turn back time. So what? They can just turn back time over and over and over yeah, again? Yeah, because I, I didn't read that. I see where you're getting that from. Yeah, it's I confusing. think it's just, it's not that they can actually turn back time. It's just that they can fuck with the clocks and they can make you see illusions through the windows. So you think it's a different time. That's all I think that's happening there. But anyway, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. For the most part, 
it's effectively the same thing remade for seemingly no reason. And there's just these points where it's like, oh, this is this is not bad. And then there's just all the rest of the movie is, oh, no, this is bad. Yeah. So probably don't see it. I mean, it's definitely not a zero, but it's not anything special. No, not at all. You can take our advice or leave it, but when we get back, we will talk about 2009's Night of the Demons. Um, something's not right. Did you see those things? What the fuck was that? Those things are demons. They're scared of like... We're stuck in a closet. It's not a closet, it's a fucking pantry. I think the thing wanted to fuck me. Yes. We're the only thing standing between them and the end of the world. That's awesome. Come and get me, motherfuckers. Kelsey, can you describe for us how Night of the Demons from 2009 starts off just so promisingly? We get a title card, and it tells us Broussard Family Mansion, New Orleans, 1925. We get a backstory, people. Yes, and this is all told in black and white. Sort of like a sepia tone thing going on here. Yeah, and it feels like a 20s movie. They do cards for talking and stuff Uh like that. Very, very cool. I gotta say. They did it very well. It's not just like some cheap thing, too. Like It seemed like they put effort into making this look good i thought it was pretty decent Uh, we get some flashes of some demon faces a woman gets covered in blood she runs up the stairs she's about to hang herself and this guy runs up to her and he says evangeline stop and this is done through cards which Uh is cute and he says it's me she looks at him very seriously and says no it's not and she hangs herself yes she hangs herself so hard that her head pops off. Yes. Which was kind of cool as well. And the demon was not happy when he saw this happen. No. And then we get a title card, Halloween, 85 years later, meaning it's 2010. <laughs> we meet Angela, who is played by Shannon Elizabeth. The only other movie. We don't we meet her. We see her from like behind. she's Dr. Claw from yes, behind in the chair. With her cat uh-huh. named Buddy. Oh, if we don't get people to come to this one, we're going to be screwed. It's out on the streets for us. Yeah. I guess she's a promotion i don't she's like a party promoter she makes money by throwing parties and charging admission i guess yes sure we've only ever seen shannon elizabeth's on the on this show once before do you remember what movie it was it was one of the valentine movies right no what is it jack frost oh right where she gets oh god with the snowman in the shower oh no yeah okay yeah you're right i uh Shannon Elizabeth seems adorable, but I cannot take her seriously in roles where she's supposed to seem tough. So they cast her as the tough goth leader of the demons eventually. She's not really a goth. She's just a 
sexy no. chick who wears yeah, exactly. stuff to seem sexy. Exactly what I'm talking about. It's her it's her putting on a costume. I don't yes. believe it. Right. That's my problem. Yes. I mean, I feel like maybe I'm asking too much from this movie. A little bit. <laughs> Cut to the three girls whose names are not the same from the original film. No, they are... No, Suzanne is still Suzanne. Okay. Uh, then there's Maddie and Lily. And Maddie and Lily... Uh, so Lily is kind of... Maddie is Judy, I remember that. Maddie's our main character. So she's Judy. Right, but I, I, think, I feel like Lily fulfills more of Judy's character traits. And it's almost like Maddie feels more like Helen... <laughs> but she makes it through the movie. <laughs> anyway. Maddie is dressed as a zombie, basically, and she will kind of slut shame her friend. Like for being she's a not sexy dressed cat. sexy too. Yeah, she's dressed sexy too. Her shirt's cut open in the middle. It yeah. does it doesn't it, it's, it's all tight top, and like, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I was very irritated with this. I was like, first of all, why do girls have to slut shame each other? Secondly, you're dressed slutty too. Well no, I'm sorry, but mean girls did it best. They're tr- just trying to recreate that mean girls thing where, you know, it's just an excuse for slutty girls to dress slutty, you know and they all dress like a cat or a mouse or whatever, you know, and then our main character shows up as an ex-wife and she's in like a full wedding gown and that's it felt like that's what they were trying to go for, but they weren't going to commit to the main character not being sexy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. But so that's the type of movie this is. Lily is dressed as a cat. Suzanne shows up, and she's also dressed as a cat, Mm -hmm. and this upsets Lily because she made her own cat ears, and it took her hours, Yeah, and Suzanne is like, why didn't you just pay a dollar at the drugstore like (laughs) I did, and it's a weird little moment, which will never get brought up again. No. Just movies that put in weird little details. It's funny. Cut to the two guys that we're going to see. Jason and Dex. And they see this, like, teenager walking around not dressed up in anything, and he's taking candy. And I know a lot of people have a problem with that. You know, no costume, no candy. It's annoying. I know. I know it is. I'm fine with teenagers going around. I would prefer they were in a costume. But when he steals candy from a kid, that's when it's like, oh, no, fuck this guy. And they, Does he steal candy from a kid? That's why they attack him. I thought him. they attacked him because he, he got candy from ballerina lady because this scene starts off with these kids showing up to this woman's house and it's Linnea Quigley dressed as a ballerina like she was as Suzanne in the original and then she bends over to get and them these candy little girls these little are girls, staring at her ass this time they're just like giggling like hee 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 we can see her butt weird you know? <laughs> yeah and then Why do it in front of children <laughs> well I don't think she's doing it on purpose in this instance well in the I do it in front of children. So you can take the sin out of it? I don't know. <laughs> and and then this kid comes up. I thought they're like, oh, look at that fucker. He's got to be at least 16. And yes, he, go, he walks up and he gets candy from her. They're irritated with him from the beginning, but he does steal candy okay. from a kid, which is when he starts shooting him with, with his paintballs. Paintball. And he comes up on him and goes, no costume, no candy, motherfucker. <laughs> so good. <laughs> No costume, no candy, motherfucker! So good. Back to the girls. They're talking about the party they're going to go to. They don't know who this Angela girl is. One of them is friends with Angela. I think it's Suzanne, because that would make sense. 
Suzanne explains that she at first didn't like Angela, and she kind of tells, she, she explains that she scared her, but again, I don't think it's because Angela's a goth this time. I think she scared her because she's just an intimidating persona. She She's loud, she's boisterous, like she pushes herself on people. Okay. And I love her explanation of how they became friends. Do you remember what it is? No. One summer we ended up working together and got to be friends at Taco Bell. Yeah. You worked at Taco Bell? <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Yes, but watch out for her. She will steal your man. She will go after your boyfriends. She can't help it, but she will do it. And then it makes it sound like your boyfriends, both of these guys that she's talking about are exes, which we won't find out until later at the party after one of them is hooking up with her apparent ex. Yeah, see, that's the thing with, with Dex and Lily it's almost like there's this assumption that they are together, but when we meet him, he's like, yeah, I've been back for two weeks, and she had no idea. And it's like, so are you together or aren't you together? No, and later, there's, there's no explanation of that. Later, they will tell us they, both of the men, both Edward Furlong and Dex, are their ex-boyfriends. I know Edward Furlong one. No, they say it about Dex, too. Oh, okay. They are both exes. But we don't get that until way later, and it's very confusing. And both of the women are acting very presumptuous about the relationship with these men and that they're just going to get back together. Or if they're not, super, super mad at these guys for maybe being interested in another woman. Yes. Like, it's it's really bizarre, these <sighs> relationships that they have in this movie. This is when we're going to meet Edward Furlong, and he doesn't look nearly as bad as I thought he was going to. Yeah, they put they get him in this weird wide-necked tee that does not flatter him. It's not flattering. His, no. The clothing they put him in is not It's almost like flattering. they try to make him look like well, a fucked-up drug dealer. He is a drug dealer in uh-huh. the film, so I can see why they might have chosen Furlong. But like I said, he doesn't look nearly as bad as I thought he was going to. No. So he owes money to some drug lord. Who's getting a blowjob. Yeah, it's just like in Deathgasm, except Deathgasm was funnier. <laughs> well, they do it in a billion things. Yeah, same, where you find out that this guy from... you've been doing business with this whole time has had a girl under the table, except this one's right out in the open. Yes, except that this one, I mean, it, it's also straight out of something about Mary Yeah, and other movies like that. The drug lord tells him, you now owe me twice what you owe me and it's oh, it's." You owe it to me by tomorrow or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. He explains to the drug lord, the reason that I can get that money for you is there's a huge party tonight. I'm going to sell all the drugs. I'll have the money for you tomorrow. So the girls get to the party and we get this slow-mo intro and it's supposed to be, oh, this huge, huge party. It's really not. Well, it's because it's a lot of rooms. That's true. And the camera takes you through a lot of rooms which have a fair amount of people in them, and then the total amount is probably pretty high. It's just that we've seen this done in so many movies when people enter a huge party and it's slow-mo and they're showing you all the things that are going on, and usually there's a lot more stuff happening. Right. When you when you like want to make a, a party Scorsese seem like a something. crazy party, yeah. you're supposed to have people doing things all over the place, and the camera gets to pick and choose. But as an audience member, I can still look around and see all that stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And there just wasn't enough. And I think it was here. I think it was here when we... it's Because they play several songs in a row in the background. And so, like, the third song or something like that at this party that they play, the party doesn't last very long. 
they play TSOL's Code Blue, <laughs> which is fucking insane. Because last week I mentioned TSOL in the last segment. I mentioned there's a TSOL sticker on the radio. And in this episode, how they make a reference to that is they play specifically TSOL's Code Blue. Now, the thing is, Code Blue is the same exact song I played for you before we watched this movie to explain to you who TSOL was. And Oh, I'm going to fuck the dead. That's right. Yeah, Code Blue. Yeah, I want to fuck. I want to fuck the dead. And I know that song. I'm, you know, TSOL is a punk band from the 80s. And I know that song because it was on Punkarama Volume 2. And I used to buy a lot of Punkarama CDs. As did my brother. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people did. <laughs> and that's where I know them from. I'm not like some big TSOL stan or something like that. But I know of them, and it, it just happens to be that same song that's the one that I know well. It's the one that I played for you, and then all of a sudden it's in this song. And then it's just so many TSOL references. The rest of the year, I will never think about them. <laughs> but for some reason, Idle Hands just started this thing that now they're just everywhere. <laughs> True Sounds of Liberty, by the way, is what TSOL stands for. Dex and Jason arrive, and Dex immediately goes off with Lily. Maddie goes into the bathroom, and a hand will come crashing through the mirror. Oh, and this movie thought it was super clever, too. They did the whole, she walks in, they swell up the music, mm -hmm. she opens the mirror cabinet the door. The medicine cabinet, yeah. She closes it, then stinger, but there's nothing there. Yeah. The movie certainly thought it was very clever. And as Chris was saying how irritated he was with that, the hand came crashing through the mirror. And I was yeah. like, but look. See, they got gotcha. <laughs> can, we, can we stop trying to manipulate people with fucking medicine cabinets already? The last one I remember seeing, not I don't mean chronologically for its release, but chronologically from movies I've seen. <laughs> last one I remember seeing that I was like, okay, that did something new with it was Candyman, I think. <laughs> that's it. Like, we're done with medicine cabinets already. Fucking stop it. We just saw, what was it? Was it Invisible Man? Something like that. And they did it there, like a modern movie that came out like this year or last year. It's like, God, fucking stop it, people. We're done with medicine cabinets. <laughs> I'm declaring a moratorium. But she immediately assumes it must have been a Halloween prank. And she goes to show her friend, Suzanne. But when they get back in there, nothing's there. And Suzanne is like, well, it must have just been... You know, must just go back inside. She's like, no, you don't understand. The The mirror was shattered. But I guess she just figures it's a fantastic, I don't know, optical illusion. And she's walks yeah, away. Yeah, she goes back in. It's, it's fine again. Oh, wow. That's, that's a cool trick or whatever. The lights go out, but not for any spooky reason. Why do they go out? Because Elizabeth Shannon has appeared at the top of the stairs. And has a big monologue that... Required her to keep her leg up the entire time. Yes. And she does With a bottle of booze in her hand. And, and she doesn't know what to do with this uh, no. with this stance. No. Poor thing. You know the director had it in his mind what he wanted her to do. And all he told her was, have your leg up on this thing. Have your other hand with the bottle of booze like this. Like uh -huh. a cool chick he, would. He had a cool pose in mind and didn't think about the fact that she has to give a whole fucking monologue like this. Yes. Like she's 
Captain Morgan or something. Yes, it's very silly. She says, I want you to honor Evangeline and her dark soul. I want you drinking. I want you dancing and I want you fucking. I want you doing everything hidden so deep inside your subconscious that you don't even know you want to do them. Oh, this movie has a lot more fucking. (laughs) Meanwhile... Jason and Maddie will see Lily and Dex go off together, and Jason will say, or they're talking about somebody, Mm -hmm. I think he's hoping she'll pass out. Yeah. And then Maddie laughs, and I'm like- Oh, no, what it is is it's- it, it's some random guy feeding Suzanne booze, and she's dancing on the go-go box, oh. and yeah, he's like, she's really drunk, and he's I think that guy's hoping she'll pass out. Yeah, and then Maddie just laughs, uh-huh. and I'd say I'm shocked, but I'm fucking not, because when did Happy Death Day come out? Recently. <laughs> In the past pa- I mean, years. it's come out since 2010. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, just still great doing jokes. This shit. Yeah, uh-huh. just fucking hilarious. Can't think of anything funnier to talk about. Yeah. But the cops show up and the party is over. Diana is a character who works for Angela, who has been taking all the money as people have been coming mm-hmm. in, and she's the reason that Edward Furlong got Colin, in. Colin, yeah. Colin, yeah. He paid her extra money to get in, even though. Angela didn't want him to Angela, come in. Angela, yeah, specifically said, I don't want Colin in here, suggesting a background which we will never get any confirmation mm. of. But they're still kind of chummy. Yeah. She just doesn't want him dealing drugs at her party, I think, is the deal. I guess. But this Diana character steals all the money. When the cops show up, just grabs the box and runs away. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't matter to the story, but it upsets Angela, but like, I don't know, does Angela get really drunk because of that? She's already drunk. Well, she decides, fuck it, we're just going to drink. But the cops are like, hey, you can't be throwing this party here. And she's like, whatever, I rented this place. And they're like, you didn't get the permits. You're selling tickets at the front door. And he's like, well, my business partner ran away with the money, so it's kind of like I didn't charge people money. (laughs) Like, no, fuck you, we're shutting this thing down. And everyone else has left except that... Our guys come back. Maddie, Lily... Jason and Dex all come back because they can't find Suzanne, who did pass out. Uh Uh-huh. And Colin is still here because he threw his drugs down a vent when the cops showed up and he needs to retrieve them. Yes. So they all go to help him look for the drugs. They don't know that's what they're looking for, but he told them he dropped something. So they all go and look for it. In the basement. What do they find in the basement? They find six dead bodies. Yes, there are bodies in the basement. And they all are looking at them, and everybody's a little bit freaked out. Maddie, I think, will say something disparaging to Colin, and Colin says, don't worry, I'm out of here. And he leaves, and everybody's kind of creeped out by the dead bodies, so people are starting to walk out. And Shannon Elizabeth, who's down on her luck financially, what does she see in the skeleton's mouth? A gold tooth. So she goes to grab the gold tooth and it bites her, which is how they spread the demon. And they're basically here. demon zombies, effectively. Yeah. Yes. Instead of kissing, it happens with a bite. But she doesn't grab the fucking gold tooth. But as she leaves, the gold the, tooth is gone. The skeleton looks and smiles at her, and it's gone. Is that like? Was it a trick to get her to go for it? Probably. Maybe. One of the people will start to talk about the fact that, didn't you notice the way they were arranged? It's got to be black magic. And I'm like, 
They were in a circle? Yeah. <laughs> There's one in the middle, and then the others were coming out. There were five points. No, they weren't. Yeah. I would I would want to see it again. Okay, so they were arranged in a circle, right? With all, like, I think their heads pointed towards the middle, around in a circle, and then there was one in the middle. There was one main one in the middle. I didn't notice yeah. that. But while they're talking about this, Maddie will notice that Angela is not doing well. Angela notices that her hands are changing mm-hmm. and her eyes are starting to change as well. Finally, once she's become fully possessed, she looks around, she counts how many there are, seven perfect. So that's gonna, there's this whole backstory we're gonna get, but we're not there yet. They all decide to play spin the bottle because they're bored and they're stuck so there. So dumb. It's very ridiculous. Two girls end up making out. Then there's this whole gay panic thing when two guys get each other. Yeah, one yeah, one guy gets the other guy. And to their credit, they do get two dudes kissing on screen. But they're like, ew, ew, ew. But everyone else is like cheering, yay. But it's almost like. Everybody else <sighs> is like, what are you, homophobic? Do it, do it, kiss no, each but other. I, I think. I think that's the kind of statement you make when you're trying to, like, use that as a weapon against somebody and not because you really are concerned with homophobia. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think this movie is like, you know, hooray dudes kissing. It's, no, but I think it's, it's hooray like, chicks kissing. Yeah. But it's also, hey, what's fair is fair. Yeah. That's the way I've always looked at it. No, totally. If I'm expected to kiss a girl, then dudes better be expected to kiss guys. 100%. Although I've never played this. Never, neither in my entire life. It seems I know people that have done it. I think I was at one bonfire once, and people started to do it right when I was leaving or something. It's the kind of thing you do when you're 14, (laughs) not when you're in your 20s. Right. It was high school. Yeah. The the people I knew that did it, it was definitely in high school. Anyway, Shannon Elizabeth will then spin the bottle, but she gets Dex. And she full-on makes out with Dex in front of Lily. Who gets super upset and is like, we need to talk. Right. Like he did something wrong. But Shannon Elizabeth is just fine with that because now he's been possessed. This is another thing that's really, really annoying when they want to create a scenario where somebody can be mad at somebody else. They contrive some sort of scenario where... If somebody was going to be upset about something happening, then they shouldn't have played the fucking game in the first place. I agree. Like, you knew there was he was going to kiss somebody in this scenario. You like That's the whole point of the fucking game. So, like, why would you even participate if you were going to get so upset? And it's not like one of those, oh, I didn't realize how upset I would get. No, she's like, how dare you? Well, Shannon Elizabeth will then start kind of coming on to all the guys. Yeah. That's when Maddie will grab Colin and be like, let's go out and look for the gate. Let's try to get out of here. And she will come on to Jason. And Jason, for whatever reason. He's weirded out. I guess. He's really intimidated because she starts sucking off the bottle that she's drinking from. And he's like, uh, uh-huh. And, so, and then later on, he's like, god damn it, I could have fucked her. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Lily thinks the only way to get Dex back, back is to have sex. So they are having sex. And he turns into a demon. Yes, he turns into a demon while they're having sex. Because Angela made out with him, and that's how they transmitted the possession. Yeah, and then, of course, it goes from enjoyable sex to, oh, honey, if you're going to put it in there, you're going to have to, oh, my God! Ah! So I guess he's tearing apart her ass, because, you know, rape. 
Yep. Has to happen. But she also turns into a demon. Yes, and then, we then get, she becomes a then demon. Then we get demon sex. I wrote down, oh, demon sex. These are fuck demons, ladies and gentlemen. They're they're all about pleasure and fun. It's it's almost like this is starting to try to be Hellraiser. Yeah. And this is when some body horror shit started happening that I was like, nope. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I was flipping out. I was screaming at the screen. Her boobs open up. Yeah, okay. And like so snake-like tentacle things come out. Yep. Yep. Not okay. She has nipple tentacles. They don't come out, like her nipples turn into tentacles. I think they split open. I don't. I don't Which think. Which is that's why I was like, oh, no, no. That's oh. what. Later on, there's this really, really bad special effect of obviously a prosthetic torso with this, you know, dollar store bustier on or whatever, and it tears open and shoots those things out, and that's what they always close up on whenever it happens, and it looks terrible. But that's what bursts open when she does that. Oh. But I, yeah, I got the impression that those tentacles were her nipples. They're just weird monster tentacle nipples now. Then we get the music video part, and it's not nearly as cool. I mean, at least they get typo negative. <laughs> Black number one by typo negative is playing during the dance scene this time, and it's like, okay, well, I mean, you went for something. It's not Bauhaus, but it is typo negative, sure. And then she, like, does fucking nothing in this dance scene. Yeah, it's really boring. If you go back to the original, it was like fully choreographed and everything, and there was some really cool shit. Yes. She was doing a full-on dance. Yes. This is just her like, woo. I even, when we, <laughs> when we watched the first one, I even commented, I was like, I bet you anything that's ha that's the reason she got the roles, because uh -huh. she's such a good dancer. And then this, Shannon Elizabeth is just an actress. No. And it's like they told like, her to just kind of move around. We'll play sexy music. Now, and but here's the thing. It is Shannon Elizabeth. And yes, if, okay, okay. So this time we don't get Sal staring at her awkwardly. This no. time it's a girl. It's Suzanne, to be super, right? Yeah. And it's supposed to be super sexy because it's two chicks. See what I mean when it's this, this. Ugh. And I admit if Shannon Elizabeth wanted to do a sexy dance for me, I'd probably be like, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm down for this. <laughs> but I it sucks. Like we didn't get a fun music video. It was just a sexy girl getting a girl turned on. And yep. it's like And then they're flying. Yes! <laughs> yes. They are she realizes that they are flying above the air. She does see some of the evil face on Shannon Elizabeth, which yep. I thought was a fun thing. They do that thing where she just shakes her head. And then they speed up the shaking of the head, and when it's done, she's a demon. But that's not right now. Right, that's but they later. do that several times, and yes. it's like, oh, come on. You can do a better transformation than that. It's just, that's the 100% easiest transformation you can and you can ever do. I can do that in Premiere Pro right now. Yes, but this scene where they're floating, it's like in the light. When a certain light will touch her, you'll see like a reflection of mm -hmm. it. And I thought that was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Once she realizes they're floating, though, do you remember what Shannon Elizabeth does to Suzanne? No. She rips off her face. <laughs> oh, right. And then Suzanne will be a skeleton face demon yes. for the rest of the movie. And that is the best demon in the entire fucking movie. <laughs> that, like, makeup-wise. There are two demons that just look like dudes in Halloween masks that we will get to. But this one is like top shelf awesome. Suzanne, 
as a demon is great. I did like, and it's a weird little detail that they decided to keep, but I like it. When we cut to the people that are looking for the gate, she says, we've already been around twice, and it's not here. Yeah, uh-huh. Which, which is, is exactly what happened in the first one. one. Yeah, we went around uh, twice. It's not here. Yep. I thought that was fun. Yep. So they end up going back inside, and Jason comes upon Lily, who, remember, has changed by now. Yes. And so After Lily sex scene with Dex. comes on to Jason, but the way that she does it is like the way Suzanne does yeah, it. She's got her makeup all you over her fucking face. Whiskers. Oh, yeah. And she gives him a... Um, a lipstick tube to do it. And he's like, with this? And she's like, sits up on the table, spreads her legs, and is like, fix my whiskers. And he's like, what about Dex? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I can't remember the circumstances of this happening, but she goes ahead and she shoves the lipstick into her tit. Yes, and- right in front of him. And what does she do next? Well, first of all, it, it's that thing I said earlier where it's obvious she has to kind of put it in sideways, sideways because it can't go straight in like it could in the first one. For that, the original effect looked way better. And then she like reaches into her panties and then blood starts gushing out everywhere all over her hand <laughs> and on the floor. And Jason's just standing there like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then she turns her hand around and it has the lipstick tube in it. Later on, Jason will declare to Colin and Maddie that she stuck a lipstick in her boob and it fell out of her pussy. Okay? It's, it is it is so good. Because, okay, when this happened, I was totally worried that they were just going to end the shot. And the next time we saw Jason, he was going to be a zombie a or demon. a demon. Yeah, That's what I thought they were going to do. They didn't. I fucking love it. They kept the awkwardness of him uh-huh. staring at her. And then the next shot is of Maddie and Colin, and in walks Dex, and the look on his face, I mean, Jason. He's shaken. And the look on Jason's face is so good. Yep. It is very, very good. (laughs) But the way that it comes about, is Lily into magic or anything? Yes. (laughs) But I think something might be wrong. Is she into magic or or anything? You know, uh, like, sleight of hand and stuff no okay uh (laughs) she there might be something wrong with her then what 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 do you mean uh she she's acting um she she sort of took her her shirt off there were there was um there there was blood and uh you know you know i i I don't want to talk about it is she hurt I, i don't know uh, I, I saw, um, I, I, I saw, uh... What? Well, what did you see? She stuck a lipstick in her boob and it fell out of her pussy. Okay? And they're asking him to describe what exactly happened. That's when he says that line. It's so good. But when they go in there to see her, nothing's there. Nope. There's no blood, nothing. Which I'm just like, Maddie, Hello? Think back to when the hand came out. Isn't this weird? Right. We get a creepy crawl run from Suzanne across the floor. I mean, all of this stuff just goes straight back to House on Haunted Hill. Yes. It's all House on Haunted Hill's fault, which is hilarious because that movie just fucking scarred me when I saw <laughs> it. But this that's where all these, the creepy crawl across the floor, the shaking of the head, uh-huh. that's where that comes from. 
they start to get into little fights here and there with the mm-hmm. different demons. Jason stabs one of them and nothing happens. And later he's a good line. I stabbed it with a poker and it didn't do anything. <laughs> and I think it's Maddie says something like shut up about the poker or something yes, like that later on. Yeah. They find a gun at some point. I don't remember how or why. Oh, yes. They find a shotgun. And later on, effectively, what they figure out is that rust hurts them. It's not iron like you would expect it to be, but rust. Rust hurts them. Because rust can hurt iron, and iron is an ancient element. Yeah. And these are ancient elements. Demons, yeah. So rust hurts them, too. Yeah, whatever. And so, but they'll, she'll end up, like, they'll get weapons and stuff, and Maddie at one point will apparently open up a shotgun shell with no experience or explanation for how she could do that, and put in, like, nails and stuff like that, and then feed that into the shotgun? I don't remember Like, that. no, 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 no. Shotguns. No, 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 no. That's all I remember. She did not do any of this. I do not believe it whatsoever. But you're skipping some kind of funny lines. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's later. So go ahead and say your thing. There's a cute little conversation here. Whenever they find the gun, Jason asks, because Colin has it, and Jason asks Colin certain questions about it, and Colin's like, I don't fucking know. And Jason's like, what do you mean you don't know? You're a drug dealer. You don't know about guns? And Colin looks at him, and he's like, why do you know about guns? And he's like, uh, paintball. And Colin goes, ooh, paintball. (laughs) And it's really cute because there's demons running Uh around, and they're going to have this stupid conversation. But Maddie ends up taking the shotgun from them. Because they're fighting over it and somebody's going to get their head blown off. There's lots and lots of running around. At one point, they get attacked by vines and Shannon and Elizabeth will crawl around on the ceiling. They go back down to the basement at one point and Maddie notices that there are only two bodies now instead of six. And lore. Like, see, lore. <sighs> Interesting. So these are the, the, the bodies on the floor were the ones that the demons possessed. And so when the demons come back, the bodies disappear. And it's there. you can tell there's four possessed people here. So there's only two bodies left on the floor. Like, it's interesting stuff. It's like they tried in very particular areas. And it's really interesting. There's more demon sex. This time it's a threesome. And Shannon Elizabeth sucks off Dex's horn. Like the horn on his head sucks it off. I don't remember any of this. Uh Uh-huh. I will say this. There's a lot of weird, awkward, quiet moments in this film. Like where there should be music and there's no music. Or if there is, it's really low and like it's not fast enough for the scene. Like uh, the soundtrack for this movie was The mixing is not good. Yeah. But eventually they make it to the maid's room. Now explain the maid's room to us, Kelsey. The maid's room is covered in spells. According to the lore, the maid survived but went crazy. And the only reason she survived is because she was able to put voodoo I spells guess voodoo, all over the wall. Because it's the early 1900s and you have a black maid in New Orleans, so it must be voodoo. So they discover, okay, we'll be stay- safe if we stay in this room. And they will break this rule a bunch. At one point, Shannon Elizabeth shows up, and Maddie tests it. Like, the guys are asleep. And Maddie tests it, and they and she's like, oh, you can't come in here, can you? And then Shannon Elizabeth starts, like, just talking to Maddie. And then she even has the line about Colin, because she's trying to fuck with Maddie, saying, Colin. I'm going to poke his pretty brown eyes out and fuck his brains out until they're spilling out of his ears. 
And right before he takes his last gasp, right before he becomes one of us, he shall know the place where ecstasy and suffering become one. Shut up, bitch. Again, are they just trying to be Hellraiser now? Yeah. These are fuck demons now? Yes. Okay. Orgy demons. Yeah. The reason you said earlier that she will put, like, rusty nails, well, because Uh they find out that bullets don't hurt them. The only thing that hurts them is rust. Yeah. So that's why. We find out that, I don't remember how we find out, but but the lore says that there are seven demons. Yep. That need to be freed so to take over the world. Yes. They can only do it on Halloween night. And so that's same why, like the original. But they want it's not just them having fun, they want to take over Earth. So they need to get all seven. Or else it doesn't work. Yeah. Which is why the chick at the very beginning killed herself. Yes. So the nun totally stole that from this movie. <laughs> I don't know. They probably, there's no way in hell they saw this I mean, it starts with her running out Uh and hanging herself. Yeah, but visually it's all from the omen. To make sure that the ghost can't be free to take over the world. Yes. No, very much so. It's When did the nun come out? When did the nun come out? 2016, six years later. Really? Yeah. Wow. I seriously doubt that they saw 2018, actually. I seriously doubt that they saw this movie. But you're right. That is remarkably similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have the line, we'll wait until dawn. Yeah. So you get a little Evil Dead reference there. Mm-hmm. We get a gross orgy scene with the uh, the demons. That's the one where Shannon Elizabeth sucks off Dex's head horn. I have written down, body horror got me like, oh, God. Uh-huh. There's a lot of stuff with the nipples. I guess that's a weird thing for me. I didn't know <laughs> until I saw this movie. Because every time her boobs would just become tentacles, I was just like, ah, uh-huh. that's not okay. <laughs> they come to the conclusion that they have an hour left. Yeah, because Until sunrise. There are there are clocks in the house, and Colin has a watch, and they're they're keeping track of when sunrise is supposed to happen. But what happens to the walls? They start bleeding, so apparently the demons can get can affect the room that way. But it's starting to wash off the spells on the wall, and so they just run around with charcoal from the fireplace that's in this room. <laughs> And just start, like, trying to replace it. But they're just running around, and they told the actors, just scribble on the fucking walls. Just run around frantically, hectically, and just start scribbling on the walls. Because they're not doing fucking anything. We can see that, like, you know, there's supposed to be symbols on the walls. But there's symbols, there's words. They're not paying attention to a goddamn thing that's actually written. They're just going, like, and we're supposed to believe that this is keeping the spell in place. And as they are doing this, apparently, well, because any spot where there's blank spots now, uh, arms can come through. Yep, there's and there's an way endless too number many of arms. arms. Exactly. Yes, it has nothing to do with the number of demons. It's just <laughs> weird, spooky arms. Because, I mean, could you imagine 14 arms wouldn't have been enough? Not even 14. We only have four at this point. So eight arms. I wrote the music, this scene. What's happening? Yeah. The music must have been bad here. But as it's going, oh my God, the sun came up. And everything calms down. We made it. Yeah. Even though two seconds ago you told us it would be an hour. Well, the discrepancy is even worse. 
So they go downstairs with all their weapons. Jason grabs a board with some rusty nails in it. Everything and, with rust on yeah, it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they get downstairs and they like don't even try the door. Colin's like, I have a weird feeling about this. And he throws a rock at one of the windows and it shatters in this Young Adventures of Indiana Jones with the stained glass thing effect. It's just terrible. And it's revealed that the daytime outside is actually still nighttime. And then all the clocks roll back to the time it actually is. And that's why I was like, are they able to turn back time? No, it's just an illusion. They were fooled into thinking that it was dawn and it wasn't. Okay. And... Now there's going to be a fight scene, and this song by 45 Grave called Night of the Demons plays while there's this big fight, and Jason ends up dying here. Yes. They manage to make it back to Do you know how the they manage room. to get back? Shannon Elizabeth will kill Jason at the head of the stairs. To and they get just back run to by her? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they just run right by her. Uh-huh. And she's like, eh. And, like, grabs at Colin. It's these moments where you know the writer didn't figure this out. Because and in this thought, case, That's the two not writers, my job. No, one of the writers is the director. Oh. And, <laughs> and he's like, oh, we'll figure it out in the day. Or they don't, they don't think about it enough to even uh, have it occur to them that they need to figure out the blocking on the page. So the action on the page makes sense. But then the director gets there the day of, who is one of the writers, and he doesn't care enough. He's just, I just run by. Like, we didn't figure it out, but we got to film this scene, and I really want to put this scene in. And instead of being like, okay, we need to rewrite where everything's blocked, they probably didn't even really do any blocking except on the day. And that's really annoying. So, like, just just run by them. I direct middle school plays, okay? And even I would be like, no, that's unacceptable. Yes. You can't just run by them. Yes. We've got we've to reblock the scene. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> what your job is. Uh-huh. <laughs> So they get back up to the maid's room and... Oh, and there's a bathroom connected to the maid's yes, room, apparently. Which they have access to and can go in, even though it doesn't have any spells on it. But when he comes walking out of the bathroom after getting washed off or whatever... No, what's in the bathtub? Oh, a, a bunch of blood. And so he sticks this <laughs> po- this rusty pole inside, inside the blood in the bath just to like feel around and make sure that there are no demons in there. And there aren't. Except Shannon Elizabeth still comes popping out. And so they run in and they get back in the room and they're like, ah, good, we're safe. And then Colin just falls through the middle of the floor. Before he does, do you remember what his line is? No. I don't think it's Shannon Elizabeth. I think it's a guy. Oh, is it Dex or Jason? Because that would make this line make more sense. Probably Dex or somebody. I don't know. He comes out. He escapes. And Maddie asks him, like, are you okay or something? Did he? Did they bite you? Uh-huh. And he goes, no. <laughs> Maddie, I think it wanted to fuck me. Yes. <laughs> yes, because it was, like, on top of him and, like, yeah, uh-huh. And, and yes, okay, so he falls through the floor and he falls spine first through every floor of this building Dead. into... Into the basement. Yes, absolutely 100% dead. Dead. I mean, I guess the assumption is, well, you know, you hit the ground so many times, you're only falling a, a, a single story at a time. But he's falling spine first every time. And he's falling so hard that yes. he's breaking the wall and it's every not time. Like, and it's not like slam on the floor and then it cracks. Slam on the floor. You know, he's just plunging straight through every floor. He lands on his spine in the basement. His back, fine. His leg, broken. <laughs> Like, then figure out how you want him to fall through the floor then. Because he fell 
fucking spine first. But there just happens to be rope in the room. Yep. That she can tie to the bed. The bed. <laughs> and lower herself down every single floor down to the to the the basement. Without the demons attacking her uh-huh. for any reason. Without the demons attacking Colin for yep. some reason. So he's down there in the basement, and she's and like. And by the way, her hands are fine. Oh yeah, after she climbing just down that crawled. rope. Yeah. Uh-huh. She, first of all, girl has amazing upper arm strength yes. again, uh-huh. upper body strength, and she's able to lower herself down. And her hands are in pristine condition. Yes. Have you ever touched rope in your life? Yep. So here's how this movie comes careening towards its end. <laughs> she goes to set Colin's bone, and he's they're like counting down. Okay, here it goes, and tries to reset it in an emergency situation. Probably the best thing to do if you're not anywhere near a hospital. Jesus. And, you know, you need to stop the bleeding. You need to put the bone back in place. Yeah, it's... Anyway. And then when she does that and he screams, he turns into a demon. So I guess somehow in all of that, in his pain, maybe the demon... Pain and pleasure. Yeah. Who's down there in the basement with them in one of those dead bodies just inhabited his body. But now... She's she has to run away from him and all these other demons and they're chasing her up the stairs again and nobody gets to her. Oh, this is a bad scene. It really is. It's just them running upstairs and stuff like that. And no joke, Jason and Colin are just, you know, they look like they're wearing the same old shit they were already wearing with a dime store Halloween mask on their heads. It looks really bad. They didn't spend nearly as much time on them as they spent on Suzanne, who looks incredible. Right, but the next scene is super bad because this is when she does the the gun thing. Oh, yeah. And this is when she will... The very first thing she does in this sequence of shots, she wraps around her knuckles some wrapping tape. No, no, it's like wire. Like it's, it's almost like it's barbed wire, like a reference to the first movie, around her knuckles so she can punch people. In the first in, scene. In the very first shot of this montage of her preparing, she does she does that. And then in every subsequent shot, it's not there anymore. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. But she's fighting against them and it's really bad and she ends up fighting her she way. She cocks it twice. Yeah. But she fights she doesn't her just way. Cock it once, she doesn't cock it twice. <laughs> She makes her way back up to the maid's room, and she's decided they're going to break down the door. I have to make the ultimate sacrifice like the lady did way back when. And Because, again, she can't just wait in the room for whatever reason. Yes, again, (laughs) now they're apparently going to break down the door, and it's fine. They can do that now. And so she does it. She she gets this. Here's what I noticed. There is a way too large noose, like extremely large, something that she could potentially fit her whole body through. And she starts to put that over her head. The next time we see her, she has a tight noose around her neck. And then as they come bursting in, which apparently they can do now with no explanation, she jumps off and kills herself. And they're like, oh, man. (laughs) And then the sun immediately comes up and they all just just like just in the first immediately, one. just yeah. as soon as she kills herself, sun comes up and then they turn into dust and they're gone. And then we come back to her just hanging there, just like the other lady was. And then she wakes up, takes the noose off around her neck and then slides out of the other rope that she had running through the noose that's around her chest. 
and then and gets it's out. such a good thing that these people all know how to exactly try these things. if you made a single miscalculation you are dead <laughs> dead and you did that with no time <laughs> and you did it when the sun was coming up anyway <laughs> it was entirely pointless they just wanted some clever what a twist moment what a twist what an annoying ending to this and then movie. what happens at the end of the credits they just go back to the scene of the of Colin's drug dealer boss guy at the club, and they just replay that same line where she asks him if he's done yet, and he's like, fuck you, get back to sucking, or whatever it is. Not yet. Not yet. Like, in a very angry voice. And they just play that, from again, from a different angle, like a different take. And it's not <laughs> even an outtake where everyone then laughs after it happens or something like that. No, it's just they were so fucking proud of that joke. <laughs> That we needed to see it again. Yes. <sighs> There's some promising stuff in this movie. We also didn't talk about the fact that there's a stupid reason why the woman had the party in the first place back in the 1920s. Because she was in love with the guy who came out to her eventually, and it's me. No, it's not. Yeah. She was in love with him. He wasn't in love with her, so she threw a party because the ghosts had convinced her, if you get him here, we'll make him fall in love with you. But the truth was they needed seven people to possess. Yeah. We didn't We didn't say that. But lore, right? Lore. Uh, and and interesting lore. I don't mind the lore factor. Neither do I. The rest of the I think that's movie, good. Yeah. Not, mm-hmm. not good. No good. So, back in 2003... Kevin Tenney, the original director, writer of the third movie, I want to say, and executive producer of this film, said they were going to make a sequel to this one called After Party. They weren't going to get the same director, and they they launched it as a Kickstarter campaign, which is never a good sign. Is it possible to make a good movie out of a Kickstarter? Absolutely, 100%. It's happened before. But it it's not likely. With a goal of a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000, which is not even as much of the, of the budget as the original movie from the 80s. The plot of the sequel was going to be one of Angela's friends, Diana. So this is the same woman then? Is that is that who it was that ran away with the money at the beginning? Yeah. Was going to hold another party in the same place and then be possessed by Angela. Which I guess the demon that possessed Angela. Wait, you're saying they wanted to do this in 2003? No, 2013. Oh, 2013. Out of its $250,000 goal, the Kickstarter made $5,612 from 61 donors, which is just a tragedy. Is it? Fuck this. That's very sad. No. These are a lot of people- made this in the first place. Right, but these are a lot of people who are really interested in doing something and- it's almost like people feel like Kickstarter is a place where you don't need to be good at your job in order to make mo- money and do the thing that you're passionate about. And sometimes that's the case. But the rest of the time is like, you know, if you don't have a good enough idea, but you think it's cool, maybe not that many other people are going to. And you're going to have to live with the fact that you might crash and fucking burn. That might be the case. But anyway. 61 donors, $5,000. Ouch. So what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes, Kelsey? That means that not even all those people gave 100 bucks. <laughs> yes, absolutely it does. Jesus. I don't know exactly. I was looking at it. I got those figures because I went to the page, but I didn't explore around looking at anything. So what do you think the movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? 13. 
Out of 17 reviews, it has a 35% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Do you think that's overrated or underrated? Maybe. No Metacritic, no cinema score, by the way. No, it's it's pretty right. I'm going to say it's right. You were going to give it a 35? I probably wouldn't have originally gone that low. But well, what would you I'm originally have? about it. What would you have given it before? All this talking about it. Well, we talked about some stuff we enjoyed. I was probably going to give it like a 45. That's exactly what I was going to give it. And I wasn't going to let this sway me. But I've done it before where it's like the more I talk about it, the more I realize I hated this movie or whatever. So I'll give it a 40. Okay. I will still give it a 45. It's not good. It's not like a zero. No. I didn't watch this movie and I didn't get angry that I watched it at the end. Right. But I, I'm not I'm not excited about it. Like I'm not like, oh, there's fun stuff here. It's just this is a meh. It shouldn't have existed. Why yeah. does it exist? Yeah. Oh well. The original was surprisingly okay. Enjoyed and, it a lot. Yeah, and this one just was not worth it in my opinion. It's a 2010s remake. Yeah. That's That's exactly how I would describe it. And I think everyone listening knows exactly what we mean by that. All right. And that is the end of our double feature. The late night double feature With 1988's Night of the Demons and 2009's Night of the Demons. What are we watching next week, Kelsey? Next week we continue sequels. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I think I know what this is. So next week, we're going to be watching Child's Play 2. Yes! We're going to start down the weird path of Child's Play. <laughs> I'll be okay. I will be okay. It's just going to get more weird. And I think that's going to be good for you. Uh, but... Since we didn't watch Annabelle with the first one, like Chloe recommended, we're going to watch Annabelle with this one. It started on the Annabelle train. That's right. Hooray. One of them's good as far as I know. I think it's Creation, because isn't that made by the same guy who made Lights Out and- We uh, like Lights Out. And Shazam. Shazam was just okay. But like, you know, he's he's kind of a fun director. So like, you know, it's just like- uh, uh, fucking Ouija, right? Where the original fucking sucked, and then when they told the prequel, the prequel was way better. And every way the prequel was bad, bad was because it needed to feed into the original. Mm-hmm. That's the every way that original that prequel movie <laughs> is bad is is because of that. So maybe the Annabelle creation one's good. I don't remember. I've literally seen none of these. The people I know that have seen all the Annabelle movies, tell me there's only one good one. I just well, don't all the fucking Conjuring is. spinoffs are just, I'm so not interested in seeing them. So I guess I'm looking forward now to seeing a terrible movie that I anticipate being very, very bad. I think next week is going to suck for several reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so are we always going to do like a child's play with Annabelle or when are we going to get the boy two in here? <laughs> Maybe we'll do The Boy 2 when we do Dearest Dolly, which I had n- never really? heard of until I watched. I just watched a video on YouTube that was doing movies that were ripping off of other movies. Oh, okay. And it mentioned something called Dear Dolly or something, and it's a ripoff of Child's Play. So. Jeez. 
We'll what about the Puppet Master movies? <laughs> we can still, get into that I series. <laughs> I know. We still need to do that. There's so many series that we've started and we have only done the first one. Yeah. So we could we could dive into some sequels there. But specifically, doll and doll adjacent movies. Yes. <laughs> All right. That is next week. Child's Play 2 and ah, the first Annabelle movie. It's okay, Chloe. We're going <laughs> to watch it for you. <laughs> Until then... We are always available on our website, podcemetery.com. Follow us on Twitter, at PodCemetery. Subscribe to us in your podcatcher of choice. Don't forget to rate and review. A five-star written review is the biggest help there. Even better than that is sharing us with your friends, and even better than that is listening in the GD first place. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words? Eat a bowl of fuck. I am here to party. video had had Chucky in it and I didn't even flinch. Proud of you. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're going to be ready to watch Child's Play 2 when it comes time? Maybe. They're going to start getting ridiculous, Bear. <laughs> Do you even know what happens in the second one? No, I've never seen it. You've never seen the I've second seen one? the first one. I've literally never seen another Chucky movie aside from the first one and now the remake. Really? Mm-hmm. You didn't even see the Chucky Gets Lucky? No. I have an awareness of them, but never seen it. I was terrified of horror movies when I was the age I was when those movies came out. I was, what, like five when the first one came out? No way in hell. And I had a My Buddy. I had, didn't even watch the movie, and I was scared of my My Buddy. <laughs> Who does yard work on a weekend? <laughs> uh, Everyone. <laughs> Don't just be idling your shit outside my window. Use it. Or kill it. Why hasn't anybody made a better leaf blower? Why do they all have lawnmower motors on them? Or fucking moped motors on them that you strap to your back that spins a fan that blows air out of it? Why hasn't... uh, What's-his-face that makes the air blade or whatever that thing is... I've made a a completely new vacuum cleaner. You know that guy? Dyson? Why hasn't he made a better leaf blower? Not one that runs off of gasoline. Damn kids. They'll get what they deserve tonight. Who is Angela? Angela's the girl throwing the party. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Count Dingleberry, the flaming asshole of Transylvania. (laughs) That's not what you say. 69, dudes. Well, I'm going to cut that in here. 69, dudes. Doesn't Suzanne come up like right next to her?
and just stares at her. Yeah, something like that happens, and then Jason stabs, like, Lily or Suzanne. So let's just, weird shit starts happening here. So you want to just, vomit it up? Like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. And so. Let the bodies hit the floor. No, I'm not doing that. It's something completely unrelated just because I said bodies and floor. (laughs) He shall know the place where ecstasy and suffering become one. 